0: Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for goodnight?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Banal
2: of America Audio, with your host, Tim Banal. No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Banal of America's Summer of Strangeness continues onward tonight uh, with what may be a double guest. We know for sure we've got one guest on the line. A couple of weeks ago, we had Kiki Dombrowski on. Uh, we talked about this project, the Liminal Earth Project, which is a fantastic website, which you can find at liminal.earth, um, which always trips me out because I want to say liminalearth.com, but it's liminal.earth is the website. Uh, what it is is like uh, – it's like a I think it's through Google. It's like a Google map thing uh, where people report their paranormal experiences, uh, and it gets put in on this map, and you can explore – uh you know where you live and as well as uh, all other places around the country if not the world um we'll find out about all that tonight i assume the world's liminal.earth right so uh yeah we're going to learn about that uh here tonight and so as i said we've got we're supposed to have the two guys who run it on tonight one of them uh i don't know what happened to him he may he'll have to file a report with liminal.earth after this show and explain how he uh got sucked into a black hole or something but we do have one of uh, one of the guys behind Limel Earth uh, on the line right now. So I believe I'm like I, I think I'm turning into an old man because like people tell me things and then I, this happened on the last time we did uh, a double guest show. So I believe it's Garrett we we have on the line, uh, and Jeremy is the one we're waiting on. But I could I could have completely botched that. Uh, so we'll see. So welcome to the show, Garrett.
3: Actually, you are uh, your your botching prediction was unfortunately true. This is Jeremy. <laughs> ah.
2: ah, all right. I'm sorry, brother. I should have figured that out. But you know, no, you no, just no, told no. me who it was right at the, at the start, and then I was all confused. So
3: that <laughs> <laughs> no, happens all the time. Uh, you know, we're two white guys with beards from
2: the Pacific Northwest, so. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we've got Jeremy. That's good. So that's good. See, I, uh that I'll leave that in the show, and then people can see that I'm fallible, as if they didn't know that by now. Uh, all right, so we've got Jeremy Puma here. Hopefully, Garrett will call in, or else he'll have a fantastic story for us uh, sometime down the line about how he was abducted by Absolutely. aliens. I,
3: I can tell you, he's working on it right now.
2: He's he's trying right, no to, to figure I, out. I, I, yeah. Thich, it's, it's all so. good. It's all good. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm not like this. This entire evening hinges on Garrett calling into the show, Jeremy. Don't you get it? <laughs> um, so tell me, you know, this is good because uh, I always have a hard time bouncing between the guests at first. So give me a little bio background on Jeremy Puma. I can't imagine that's really your last name. It's, just, it's not, right? Your last name really isn't Puma, is it? As a matter
3: of fact, it absolutely is. Yeah. Wow. That's,
2: that's wild. Yeah.
3: It's that's uh wild. A, it's a Sicilian name um my family is originally you know their their, their origin was was in Sicily and uh in, interestingly enough, um it comes from uh an ancient word for apple, like apple farmer, like think you like palm in French
1: mm. or like palm
3: right. is like earth apple you know um yeah, so that is uh that's sort of the origin of the name, so we figure we must have been apple farmers at some time some point.
4: Maybe
3: a long time ago. I
2: don't
4: know.
2: Yeah. All right. Now we got Garrett in here, so he's on the show. So uh, we'll ship. We'll. we'll, Yes. We'll. We'll uh, sail smoothly here. So let's let's start (laughs) since since Jeremy got on first, he gets to go first. So let's start with the bio, the background on Jeremy Puma. Uh, You know, who are you, and how did you wind up in this position here on the show? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: Sure. So um, I was I was uh, born and raised in Florida
2: in St. Augustine, Florida, uh, which, you know, I'm sure many of your listeners will recognize the, the St.
3: Augustine lighthouse that every single ghost hunting group has been to dozens of times over the past decade. Um, so it, it was, it, it's a, my, my childhood was a, just a series of, you know, weird Florida experiences one after another.
1: Um,
3: and, uh, you know, so, so from an early
2: age, I've been into this
3: sort of, interested in the paranormal, uh, the occult, the weirdness, strange things. Um and eventually after I graduated from college, I decided uh I didn't want to live in Florida anymore and moved out here to <laughs> Seattle. So I've been living here in Seattle since 1998. Um I've done a number of things. I do, you know, back in the old days of blogging, had a blog where we covered some of this stuff. Um We, uh, that's one of the ways that that Garrett and I met actually is we were both blogging about this stuff back in like 2003 or something like that. Yeah. Um, And so we, we both, uh, we both realized, you know, we were like, oh, Hey, you know, you live in Seattle. I said, Garrett, we should get together sometime, hang out, you know, grab a beer or a cup of coffee. And he's like, oh yeah, that's cool. That sounds good. Where do you live? And so we discovered in that conversation that we literally lived across the street from one another. Wow. That's wild. Like the the house across the street. We had never seen each other walking around the neighborhood or anything like that. But, um, you know, we we just – we lived right across the street.
1: It was very strange. <laughs>
3: That's
2: wild. That's really weird. Yeah. And so then this was born. So we'll get into that in a minute now. Garrett, uh, welcome to the show. I'm glad we could get things uh, straightened out, buddy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Sorry about that. Oh,
2: my, my pleasure. Now let's uh, – <laughs> Let's get the bio background, so we know that we know that Jeremy came from Florida, so we're, we're going to hold that against mm-hmm. him for the rest of the night. But what? Uh, <laughs> no wonder you're in the strangeness, dude. That's like the land of strange. Um, but what about you, Garrett? what's your What's your bio background? How did you How did you come to uh, come to this situation here?
1: Um, well, I'm from California, the Bay Area. Uh, very small, kind of what I thought was a boring town. Um, and then, you know, I I think I'm, I'm kind of just like an amateur, like, you know, most people just interested in this stuff, but I was, as a kid, I was like very terrified of, um, all the, all these kinds of, um, stories I'd heard. You know, my parents had those time life books with the, the creepy covers on them and communion laying around our house. And, uh, so I, I was like very, uh, scared about it even until, like, I was like, in my 20s, um, and I, when I eventually moved up to Seattle, I was starting to, like, really uh, delve into it, um, and I met Jeremy and some other people who were blogging, and we were all writing about this and reading Mothman prophecies, and, uh, yeah, it just kind of opened my my world to it. I I, I have a religious studies uh, degree, so I, I have that kind of background, but... And I have also like a tech background, so that's kinda where some of the you know, I meet up with Jeremy on on the, on the stuff. Yeah. Um Yeah. Alright.
2: Now I'm looking at the picture on the website. I'm trying to decide which one of you is Jeremy and which one is is uh is is Garrett and
1: Garrett I'm gonna, is I guess they're gonna be very fl- well, I'm <laughs> very flamboyant it's... probably i
2: don't uh i don't know it's kind of like a nice looking coat it's on your about page huh. so and one of you one of oh, you is wearing yeah. sort of like a, a little dutchman cap so i'm going to say <laughs> i'm going to predict that I, i'm going to go with how you listed it on the website but you didn't actually like label who was who so i'm guessing the little dutch cap is jeremy and garrett is the guy the, the bigger of the two with the coat
1: yeah we're uh, a little bit like a on hardy or something
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Yeah, the way the picture. (laughs) It's cool. I like it. It's a cool tandem, man. Yeah. So, what? Now I know this started out as Liminal Seattle. So, um, you know, I don't. If one of you sort of is the is the, the, I mean, I wouldn't say the better, but whoever wants to take the lead on sort of telling us this, give me the elevator pitch, the thumbnail background. We know, we know who you guys are now. Um, what is this Liminal dot Earth sort of? Uh, I, I told people when we started the show, but uh, this is your baby. So, I mean, tell us how this came about and 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 what you're trying to do here with this project because it's really awesome. I really uh, I really like it a lot. As as Kiki, we were talking about it on the show a few weeks ago. Kiki and I, Dombrowski, um, mm-hmm. and she was saying because I just I, I've been doing a lot of road trips this summer around New England, mostly Massachusetts. Uh, and um I rely a lot on Atlas Obscura for these sites to visit and shit. And she's like, Yeah, Atlas Obscura is like the the travel log, whatever you call it, the first, you know, the place to find out where to go and then when you go, when something fucking weird happens, then you then you go to Liminal Earth <laughs> to report it. It's kinda like yeah, yeah that's right. a great way of describing it. So uh I'll leave it up to you guys to figure out who, who kicks off this this sort of background thing on the uh, website. I, I don't know who who would be best. So tell me about how this how this came about, how it grew out of Little Seattle, and what you're trying to what you're trying to accomplish here with this project. Yeah, Garrett, here, uh, we'll go with uh, you.
1: We'll... <laughs> no, no I, I think Jeremy would do a good job. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I,
2: I can't get the voices All right, right yeah, yet, no. so just bear with me. We'll tag team. We'll tag team. <laughs> we'll tag team. Uh, there that? you go. Yeah. All right.
3: Um, Yeah, yeah. So, um, so like I, you know, we were saying earlier, yeah. Garrett and I met because we had been sort of blogging and talking about this stuff back since 2003, and um, you know, even though we lived across the street from each other, we still primarily talked online. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's just sort of the way the way the world is. So uh, we had just been continuing to talk about this stuff even after the blog scene died down, and uh, we had kind of both moved into separate neighborhoods and, you know, both got married. But we continued this, this sort of ongoing conversation uh, on email and on Slack. And then we have a, a third member who chooses to remain kind of in the background, um, our friend Tim. And uh, he's been involved in this the whole time, too. And uh, he's he's currently living on a farm in Quebec. Uh,
4: oh, wow. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, so he's kind of the quiet partner in this whole thing. Um, but one day uh, – I can't remember who it was, but we – we decided we wanted to, we, we, we like to talk about our dreams, you know, and we decided we wanted yeah. to start a database of like recording dreams to just to see if there were any patterns. Cause you know, you know, we're friends, we have the same interests, we talk about stuff, you know, is it possible that we could find some correlations between dreams and, and what was happening to us all each at the time. Uh, yeah. And then I think it was, so we did that for a bit and I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, well, we should do this for like some of the experiences that we've had locally. Um, And so we created this, this database for that. Uh, And then Garrett and I kind of simultaneously um, both started thinking, well, let's make maps of this and see if we can actually put these experiences on a map of town. And we both started building separate maps independently of each other before we started talking about this with each other. Um, wow, nice. So, and but but Garrett is, is definitely the more um, of the two of us, and uh, mm-hmm. his his ability to to get the that side of things together um, sort of was the the right choice for us. Um, and then one day I can't remember it was it was Garrett who said, you know what would be cool is if we open this up to like our friends and see if anybody else has you know anything like this. So he then he put it on Facebook. Uh, and it exploded. It just went everywhere. Yeah.
1: Like the the Seattle
3: Times picked us up. Uh, we had a story in Vice come out. We had um, just all of a sudden this little silly side project we were doing um, just really took off. And uh, about, I don't know, eight months ago or so, maybe a little longer than that, we decided to open up to the whole planet. So now it's Liminal Earth instead of just Liminal Seattle.
2: All right. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when you first launched this, uh yeah, I remember seeing articles about liminal Seattle, and later I realized that this uh, liberal earth grew out of that. But yeah, yeah, so I, I kind of remember the evolution of it and hearing a lot of buzz about what, the, what these guys in Seattle were doing. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad you scaled it up, as they say in the industry or whatever it's called, and uh, and opened it up. So have you guys had your own personal experiences with the strange and unusual uh, You know, leading up to all this? Garrett, oh, I'm like, going to go with you book. first. I'm going with Garrett now. Let's see what Garrett yeah, has to offer. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah there, I mean, it's on the map. There's one experience I had um, in Seattle. I was living at like a like a vegan straight-edge punk house. And I Jesus. was like making some – yeah, I know. <laughs> I was making some scrambled tofu. And uh, I all of a sudden I saw on the side of my – the corner of my eye some someone looking at me. And I like, turned my – head and i saw for just a brief second this person looking at me and it freaked me out because i realized it looked like me uh looking at myself Uh, looking confused looking confused um like like why are you here kind of you know that kind of view it freaked me out i ran upstairs um yeah I'm, i'm like kind of a chicken about all this stuff i'm not afraid to admit it but uh yeah, my house had kind of experienced all kinds of different things, and that was my one, like, something I actually physically saw. Another thing that's interesting about it is that um, uh, around the same time, a friend of mine found a uh, a letter in a mailbox, or like, sorry, it's like a suitcase that is like yeah. a chair. It's like a weird art installation, but if you can open up the suitcase, and there's stuff inside, like people leave shampoo or weird things in there. But so he found no. this letter that said, um, Thank you for believing in time travel. Please write back, Jared. And it kind of kicked off this whole thing. I was like,
4: And that was the time oh travel mailbox.
1: Yeah, we call it the time travel mailbox. And we, we actually, like 10 years later, had a time travel party where we uh, invited time travelers from all um, timelines to come. And it all circulated around this one area where the suitcase is. Um, Yeah. I ended up having a business that was like right outside of that, where that suitcase is. Just ran, it just happened. Like it didn't, I didn't plan that. So it became like this nexus point or something. It's weird. And so I don't know, like, is that thing I saw of myself is, uh, did I time travel it? Am am I going to time travel um, and go back into that point when I'm living in that vegan house? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just kind of a weird experience. So, I, yeah, that's on the map. Um, I think Jeremy has some spots too as well.
2: Yeah, Jeremy, what uh, what, did you go outside or something, buddy? It sounds like you're uh, something. sounds like you're making photocopies, to be honest. I don't know what's going on over
1: there. <laughs> really? No,
3: that's weird. F- no, I uh, I just I needed to to get some headphones, so I just went uh, and got okay. my
2: headphones. That's all. All right, all right.
3: <laughs> I,
4: can, I can hear a little more
3: clearly, so. I thought um, you were publishing yeah. a zine
2: or something over there. What are your What <laughs> yeah, are
3: your? We do that. We, we do that. We have zines. You know, we have their <laughs> earth zines available.
2: That's good. Zines are awesome. I don't think they're making a comeback. So, what's your what's your experience? Uh, I'm intrigued by this time travel chair, but I don't know what to even say about it. So, uh, time travel mailbox. But uh, what's what's your uh, paranormal experiences, Jeremy? Well,
4: yeah, sure.
3: So um, I've got a couple there. Um, the If you want to lead in with the, we stick with the time travel. Um, One of my experiences is is in Central Florida uh, when I was a kid. Uh, My family and I were going to an amusement park or something like that, and we were having breakfast at a Wendy's restaurant, like eight in the morning or something like that. And then all of a sudden, these these two people came into the restaurant, and they they were dressed in like 19th century garb. So like you know the guy had like a riding crop, and the woman had, like, a hoop skirt. Um, but they were they were really, like, dirty-looking, like they had been traveling or something like that. Yeah. And then without without a word, they walked over to the water fountain in the Wendy's, and just started, yeah. like, inspecting it. Like, the guy, like, bent down and was, like, looking in the little vents on the side. They never pushed the button and got water out or anything like that. Um, and they just did this for, like, a few... Minutes just inspecting the water fountain, and then they just left the restaurant. And then we just we weird. turned around and looked out the window, and and you know there was nobody there. Dun, dun, dun.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's like like a time slip or something. Like they like they yeah yeah like they came into an old saloon in their in their minds or something, and they were like, what the hell is Maybe, this? Yeah, thing?
3: Extra weird too because like why the water fountain? Why you did? Know, they totally watch just right by the counter where right,
2: you know where I don't know. Yeah.
3: Strange experience. Yeah. Very weird.
2: So uh so now let me ask you, there's different stuff listed on here. Um there's a Math Legend. Uh, again, the website for folks listening is Liminal earth. Um oh actually uh, Garrett, people in the chapter I don't know. Did anyone show up that was that thought was a time traveler, or or uh, was it just people there to there to have a
1: good time? Well, there was. I mean, it's funny because it was kind of like a party. We had like bands playing and stuff. Right, right. But, and so I knew most of the people that were there, but there were a couple people there that I was like, those people I've never seen before, and they they definitely look like wallflower time travelers. They looked out of time a little bit. I, I didn't want to like make a big deal out of it, but um, yeah, yeah. I there's a couple people I had suspicions on, for sure. It was all based on that thing where Stephen Hawking had a time travel party. I don't know if you've ever heard about that. No, I never he heard of like, that. Like, he had he had a party he like, like that too. He had a time travel party, but then he sent out the invites. You know, he announced it the day after, and he said that no one came. So obviously, time travel doesn't exist, or something. And I, oh, I was boy. like, well, maybe just threw, like, a really crappy party, you know, like, maybe that's why. So that's why we had, like, you know, we had bands and we had a whole shebang. And it was fun. It was really fun. Yeah. Uh, See, yeah.
2: he did it, not with all due respect to the late, great Stephen Hawking, he did a shitty job. <laughs> I, right.
1: I never even heard of this time
2: travel party. <laughs> he so so if, you, if I was a time traveler, I would still not even know that I was supposed to go. So I
1: exactly.
2: guess it wouldn't matter if I found out now I could still go. But still. <laughs> You know <laughs>
3: that's that's technically true, you still have a chance,
2: yeah, yeah, but yeah, you gotta that that uh, I guess maybe it is a legendary. I had never heard of that story before, so i would I would not rely on Stephen Hawking to uh, promote my band um,
4: <laughs>
2: so on the website, there's a list of stuff you've got a map legend, and there's uh 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, eleven or so. Um, things on here. Uh, so like dark forces, time distortions, mythologies, uh, I'm gonna, I, 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 we may end up going through them all, but some of these I want to just ask, like, uh, did you kind of throw these out there as possibilities or are these things that you've gotten over the time? Because like, like, I, I, I well, let's start with this. I want to know what a pre-shamanic deer cult is. So, uh, <laughs> oh, dear. what is, what is a, what is a, de- what is a pre-shamanic deer cult?
3: You know, Jeremy, that's probably we've we've been notoriously cagey about this in the past. Um, So that's that's under the mythologies. Um, So one of our big sort of missions with this map is to get people to remythologize their their landscape, is what we say. So you know, instead of because, well, you know, in Seattle in particular, um, we we went through a, a very recent era where, like, Seattle was known as this sort of quirky, cool sort of grunt, you know the, the birthplace of grunge and you know nobody ever came out here but then all of a sudden amazon happened and microsoft happened and so it just it turned started turning into this sort of sterile um corporate um like parts of it i would say like a hellscape <laughs> it was just, yeah you know tech rows and, and stuff like that and so we um when we started this project we thought well you know what is here that's cool what can we do to encourage people to like find out more about the real stories that are happening here and like the real weird stuff like it's not all just like tech bros and and like wealthy real estate agents like there's like a giant pre-glacial boulder in like in one of our residential neighborhoods that people could check out and you know so anyhow this idea of remythologizing the landscape is sort of one of our foundational ideas and so we put the, the mythologies category up there um, just to encourage people to think about that kind of thing. So yes. that if they have an experience that seems, um, like, dare I say, you know, divine or something like that, that they would still feel encouraged to add that here. Yeah, okay. Now, the examples <laughs> we give under each legend, um, so this is, this is kind of a, you know, like I said, it exploded really fast. And so yeah, yeah. when we first started getting all the attention, we were like, shit, we have to come up with stuff. So, so the, the examples next to each legend are just the kind of things that we would you know, accept uh, in each category. They're not stuff that necessarily actually exists.
2: All right. So you're telling me that neither one of you has taken part in any fecal divination?
3: Not personally. Um, okay. I don't know. Garrett...
2: I hey, Harris, that How that about is. you? You doing that. any fecal divination over there?
1: No, no divination. I have I have been to that uh, Bigfoot museum in Cherry Log, Georgia, and they have a three foot long uh, Sasquatch fecal Yeah, segment. I love that place. That's amazing. Oh my yeah, God! I love that Bigfoot it. museum. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Place. That's really a little treasure. But no, uh, I did not do any divination with it. No. All right.
2: Alright. Well I was I was eyeballing all these things. That was the other one that pre shamanic deer cults and fecal divination. I don't know if this is about me, but those were the those were the two that jumped out at me. So how does this work exactly? Like so somebody uh, you know, somebody has an experience and then they go let's sort of do we'll do the walkthrough. So I would do click here to add your story, so I'm going to think Okay, mm-hmm. then I fill it out and then uh, where does this get sent off to? One of you guys. I know Kiki said she kind of manages Tennessee, um, so uh, do you have do you have sort of like local people who can kind of sift through this? How much stuff do you get? So there's, there's a there's a few questions for you. But how does it work? Um, you know, how's the process work to get something on the map, if you will?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, so.
2: I don't know. I, ooh, ooh. I shouldn't. I, if, I, if it gets quiet, I'll just throw someone's name out there, so it's, so it's like a bad game show. So whoever wants to go, go ahead. Go ahead. How does this work?
3: <laughs> yeah, you do it. Yeah. yeah,
1: so someone just fills out the form. Um, it, it has it's pretty basic questions about like where it happened, date, and uh, you know, just it only has to be a couple sentences or a paragraph. It doesn't have to be a long. Tale. Although people do write really nice prose, um, and then yeah, it's submitted to us. Jeremy and I can like we we actually do read them and make sure that you know it fits in line with what we want on the map, and we very rarely reject things unless it's like obviously someone joking with us or yeah um, or you know maybe appropriative. Oh yeah, so, yeah they just taking from some plagiarizing. We don't. We don't want that, um, right? Right. You know, we we really want it to be like a firsthand, personal experience, like the, something that you actually encountered or yeah, um, yeah, saw yourself. Uh, yeah. So when it gets up there, I'm trying to think of what else. Yeah, you were said. I'm. Um, what
2: I asked you we get to get Ke- set to Kiki, like uh, not just Kiki, but like oh, you no. have local people that. Sift through, or they just sort of like uh, like a street team that tries to get people in their local areas to submit stuff.
1: It's more more like a street team because really, I think the idea is that this stuff happens in every town. Every place has every town has these uh, like local legends or experiences or the creepy, you know, part of the forest or whatever. So we want we want all of that on the map. And Jeremy and I obviously can't go out and go to all these, all these communities and ask for that. So we're really right, right. relying on – we have this ambassador program where people can just – basically just hanging out with us in a Discord. And, like, you go out and you join your Facebook groups or whatever and just, like, ask for stories or do your own research to get more people to submit in your area and be kind of like the – yeah, really like the ambassador for your area to, like, grow what it looks like in your neighborhood. Um yeah. So you're, yeah. So that's kind of what that is all about. Like, because Jeremy and I can't physically do that. But, uh, um, yeah, they're, they're yeah. like our, they're our hype squad, kind of. Right. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. With, now, yeah. how many approximately, how many stories would you say you have on the map now, and how, how many are you, you getting in, like, you know, what's your what's – your, you get a lot in a day, is it like you get a few every week, or how's it – what's the flow like? So what's the total and what's the flow? Those are the two it, questions there. Uh, either one of you, who, who would know that?
3: It can, it can really vary. Um, it really depends, you know, because we, we get a big – like after that, I think the article that was in Vice, um, which was by uh, MJ Benias, who – great guy – um he uh published that and then I think that was the huge the biggest influx we got all at once. Um on average I'd say if we haven't just appeared on like a, an incredibly popular show like yours, uh um, oh, then, you. then we'll probably uh, get, you know, I'd say between five and ten a week. Um if we do get, you know, I think that, that the interesting one one of the interesting ones is I guess we were on we were featured on some UFO related YouTube podcast in Brazil. Oh, wow. And the the only reason we found out is because all of a sudden we started getting this glut of UFO reports in Portuguese uh, from Brazil.
2: Oh, God. All of us. So they're like, what did
3: you hear from the... You know, and then they, they listed this, this podcast. So, you know, I mean, we, it was cool. It was really cool. We added them. You know, why not? Um, I think right now our total, it's kind of hard to tell um, because our are mapping, it's basically, it's a WordPress plugin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and the plugins, um, it's, it's got a couple of little wonky issues that make it hard to actually count the full, the total number. Um, but I would venture to guess it's somewhere around 500 right now plus or minus.
4: Yeah. Which All right. Um, is fantastic
2: yeah,
3: great. We want more than that, but that's really, we're happy with that number too.
2: Okay, um, Zach, Zach Copley. I love Zach Copley. He's a friend of mine. He's in the chat right now. He's got a question for you guys. Uh, he's got three questions. So, so, but, but he's such a he's a very easygoing guy. So this que- these questions sound very like lawyerly or something. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what he's getting at. So he wants to know. You'll you'll know you'll understand when i when I get these questions out. He wants to know: Is the underlying data publicly available, and can researchers get a copy to do analysis? And what's the license? If so, so I don't even I don't even know what I I don't know necessarily what any of that means. So, but but all the shit's out there for people to get on the website, right? It's not it. it you know, I, I think that's the case, right?
3: Um, kind of. I mean, we do have a terms of service. So, uh, and um, it's a, it's kind of funny because like in my my day job, I work in a university department that handles licensing. So I yeah. feel like I actually can't answer this kind of question.
4: Oh, um, well, there you so, go. Uh,
3: essentially what we off, uh, what we ask people to do when they submit is to basically grant us a royalty-free, non-exclusive license to their story. And what means what that means is that they maintain ownership of their story. They can still take it out and do whatever they want to with it. Um, but we can use it, like, if we wanted – we had talked about maybe in the future, like, putting out a book that has some of the coolest right, right. entries in it. Or, you know, doing – you know, going – doing our podcast and – or, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. That way yeah. we still have the rights to do that, um, and they can't, you know, they can't turn around and say that because they signed our terms of service. So, yeah. um, so as far as the data goes, I mean, at this point there's not really a lot of raw data beyond, like, the dates, the location, and the experience. But Yeah, and
2: the experience is, uh, like, a, is like an essay, so it's hard to really parse – through that necessarily yeah, exactly. so it's
3: yeah, yeah in the categories i mean we could probably break things down and th- you know because there's like we could certainly ufo sightings in an area or cryptid sightings bigfoot in an sighting area or, yeah. yeah bigfoot sightings in area. yeah um but um i'll let garrett take over here because um we have some potentially hopefully exciting changes to the map um coming up soon uh before the end of the year maybe early next year depending on you know how horrifying 2020 continues to be. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: um, yeah. But uh, so Garrett, maybe you could tell them a little bit about what we're thinking we'd like it to be soon.
1: Yeah. We're we're moving over to a different mapping software uh, called Mapbox, and I wrote a uh, backend for taking in all the data, using like building out an API basically, so that people can submit, and maybe we can even make like. Uh, a phone app or something that talks to it, a mobile device app. Yeah. Um, and also, on the other end, maybe allowing people to, you know, suck out or take out data that way and, yeah. like, query against it and do all kinds of things like that. And I think, in, in general, in the future, it would be really amazing to, like, add layers to this map. So you have these stories, the folklore stories that people are submitting and, like, and changing it to like here's a, a location that has these events or these experiences that people have had in the same location so kind of changing yeah. it to that a little bit more but then also like we could suck in data from like all the coal mines in the in the country and and right, and right. cover that yeah. over the same map and you could like look at experiences and see you know yeah coal mines or ley lines or what you know or or pull in data from other researchers who have big data sets so th- i think that would be really fun to like pull in all that stuff and have like more even more data to to work with because right now with 500 stories we can't really make any like you know big <clears throat> uh have any real analysis yet of like are there yeah. a lot of this kind of thing happening but if we if we structure the data even better and make it easy to pull it in and out, then maybe we can. That'd be really fun.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
1: and if we ahead. Right, cor- oh, oh no, God. I was gonna say,
3: like, if we could correlate um like the even so the 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 data that we could potentially bring in would be helpful for us even if we don't have the number of reports that we want. So if we only have five hundred reports, that's great. Um, but you can't really tell much with that. But if we had 500 reports plus a layer showing cave systems in the U.S., plus coal mines in the U.S., plus lightning strikes on top of that, plus,
4: like, what
3: kind of uh, geographical features are in the area or what kind of um, geological features are in the area, you know, that would make those 500 reports, like, way more interesting and
1: meaningful.
2: Well, what would be interesting, too, is to uh, cross-reference it with some kind of, like, astronomical thing and find out, like, if it was a full moon or not. That would be an interesting a lot of people think, like, yeah, yeah, crazy stuff happens on a full moon. So that would be uh, an interesting thing to look at once you can get your hands on the data and stuff, um, for sure. Yeah. Now, so, I'm sure you guys get if, asked like, – go ahead. Go ahead. Not, I
3: was just going to say, even if for some reason, like, um, you know, people always complain about Mercury being in retrograde, right? <laughs>
4: yeah we me see those people
2: It would be interesting, yeah yeah I don't even that, yeah it's like the i I think that, I don't know i don't want I don't know when that is, so it's like to me, I always see people mention it, and it's like, don't mention it, dude, now, I know it's happening <laughs> if, I, if, I, <laughs> if I didn't know, then it wouldn't influence me. Now, I'm sure you guys get asked all the time uh, your favorite stories. I kind of uh, – I know you were just on Conspiracy Normal, so I don't want you to tell the same story you told there. So do you have any sort of uh, – if you didn't tell your favorite on there, uh, do you, like give me some of your – some of the ones – the stories that really stand out to you guys as you – you know, that were like, holy shit, this is uh, this is amazing. Um, you know, and then either one of you who, – whoever, whoever's chomping at the bit to tell a story, go, go ahead.
4: Yeah, um, which one, I think the it's
3: a one. But yeah. Story,
4: yeah, yeah, that's
3: totally yeah. yeah. We're both on the same page here because yeah, we didn't, we haven't talked about that. Um, so this one is a really cool one. Um, this, uh, was in, let's see, where am I here? I'm just going to read the entry on the map, but I'm, I'm in Lucerne Valley in California. Um, this is something that this person experienced in the first week of June of 2008. So he says, while driving through the desert with my grandmother, our AC went out in her 2001 Honda Passport. It was incredibly hot. I am from North Carolina and was in California for my cousin's high school graduation. In 2008, I was a high school junior. I had just returned from a fishing trip in Red Lake, Ontario, before heading out to California. While in Canada, I spent some time with some local indigenous folk. For two weeks, I drank a type of local root beer with them. It was the best i've ever had in my life i consider myself a root beer connoisseur with our ac broken and no beverages to quench our insatiable thirst we decided to look for a gas station our gps showed zero gas stations around suddenly a building appeared before us it was a small building with an old-timey gas pump out front the building itself was made of stone smoothed out by years of flash floods inside the building was a single beverage stall inside the stall was a selection of bottled waters And that indigenous Canadian root beer.
0: Needless to say, I was
3: so Nothing seemed off about the store clerk or anything. I just couldn't believe I found this special root beer in the desert of all places. We continued on and went to my cousin's graduation. Afterwards, I decided we would drive back using the same route, so that I could buy all of the remaining root beer. I just had to bring that (laughs) magical beverage back home to North Carolina with me. I drove up and down this rural desert road three times. The stone gas station wasn't there. I couldn't believe it. Maybe I had taken the wrong turn, I thought. No way. There was only one road. I have since been back to the area three times. I literally asked every local I ran into about it. I always received the same answer. There is no stone gas station.
2: Wow. That's pretty wild. That's very detailed. Yeah. That's what I like about that. That's That's a great story. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm really kind of wrapping my head around it. At first I'm like, what the fuck is this guy going on about root beer for? But what a yeah. That's a that's one that makes you think, like, Oh, why would why would anyone make up
1: <laughs>
2: you know, uh that's pretty wild.
1: Yeah, I really like now, the the stories yeah. that seem like 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 dreams. Like like they that feels like something that you would have dreamt happened. And it's so personal, like the fact that they he saw the root beer that or, or they saw the root beer that they personally, you know, enjoy. Yeah. You know, it, it just reminds me, like, of the, you know, those details, like the, the 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 aliens who give the little cookie or whatever. I can't remember the name yeah. of that. Uh, You know, like the, the pancake. It's just like... Oh, yeah, nice yeah, about the that, Simon that, did the pan- pancake. Right, right, right. Yeah. It just doesn't seem, you know, it's out of the, it's totally out of the ordinary. It, it doesn't fit the conventions or anything, and it seems very personal to that person, but yet they... I swear it happened. So I don't yeah. know. I just love that kind of thing. That even even if, though it sounds so bizarre. I think another key what about- thing is that Jeremy and I don't don't try really are not interested in debunking any of these stories or like trying to, you know, prove them right or wrong. We just want people to be able feel free to share them, and uh, we're not we're not gonna, you know. Laugh at people or something, you know. We or yeah, like yeah, tell them, yeah. oh, that was just the wind or something. We we really want
2: people yeah, yeah. free to share whatever they got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not like a, a disclaimer at the end. It was like this is probably just a dream or something like that. Right. So. <laughs>
4: right.
2: That's the only explanation mm-hmm. I could come up with something for that because it's like maybe he fell asleep in the car and dreamed this and he later he <laughs> remembers it as if it was true, but I don't know. That's just. Uh, that's just very strange. Makes you wonder, like maybe you can manifest shit with your mind somehow. Like maybe that's the right. see the the uh I, I would have see if I was that guy, I would have bought them all like like right then and there. So
4: yeah, you,
2: I'd be like, well, who the fuck knows if we'll come back this way again? Let's get them now. Let's get them now. But very interesting. Uh, any other ones here that I can I can hit you up with that might. Uh, now I, I've already lost track. Now that was that was Jeremy who told the story, right? Right. You got it. Oh, yes. All right. So Garrett, you got a story you want to share uh, that that sticks out to you? Is you know either particularly perplexing or one of your favorites, or you know the kind you share when you go <laughs> when you go on a podcast and they ask for the one of the weirder ones. So you got a, you got like a favorite one you got in your pocket here. <sighs>
1: trying to you know it's not what I mean I tell this story every time because the one that's my uh, the closest to home because I moved to a small town outside of Seattle and uh, what I did just like two years ago when the map got created and Jeremy looked up monsters in my, my new town called Bremerton and he found this story so he found a story and so I've been researching it about a woman in the 40s who said she went in her basement here and um, while she was down in the basement she was doing the laundry and she turned around and behind her was this six foot um, orange uh, shrimp shrimp thing um, that had like antenna and like all these hands and it totally freaked her out and she ran upstairs and she moved she moved back to seattle like immediately and she told this story in a strange magazine which i think was being published in the 90s um so so it's not a story that someone submitted but it's a story since i've moved here that i've like gone out looking for like where did where you know using the small details she left in this story like where what street did this happen on um and I actually, I think I found her daughter, who's in her 80s and still living in Seattle. So I actually wrote a letter in the mail to her. And so oh, wow! Like, did your mom ever see a giant shrimp? Uh, but it's just like <laughs> it's such a bizarre, it's, a, it's so strange, you know. And it, it, here in Bremerton, I've kind of taken, you know, I have a giant shrimp costume that I wear around. And I'm known as, like, the shrimp guy. Uh, I'm trying to get the town to, like, make it our mascot
2: but, uh, oh wow! yeah, I, You're I really committed. Just
1: a, I know. Totally. I just love it because it's like it kind of represents like I, I think what Jeremy and I are um, interested in. kind of like a whimsical, like you know, really bizarre stories. We, you know, it doesn't have to be. You know, we're actually particularly interested in stuff outside of just ghosts and UFOs or something. It, yeah. It can be. It can be really anything. So. Do you get a lot of little creature sightings? Had, Little
4: creatures?
2: Yeah, you know, like elf type. I know Kiki submitted one, but uh, anything other than Kiki's yeah. Kiki's gnome?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of fairies. Um, let me see here. You know, I'm gonna search for it. Oh, there's one. This this is I sure like this one. It says uh, the ghost a ghost all oh, the the entire report. This is totally off subject, but I just saw it. I wanted yeah. to mention yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> there's um, a ghost report from. From England, and all of, the entire report is uh, this ghost looked like Amy Winehouse. <laughs> <laughs> that's the
2: entire
3: that's the entire report. The Amy Winehouse
2: ghost. Yeah. You yeah you have one yeah, on there. Yeah. I forget where it went now, but it's uh, it was like a fucking Elvis sighting, and the guy was like, I was on mushrooms.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but that's okay. You know we're willing to entertain.
3: It's, yeah we're willing to entertain stories that are submitted um you know by people who are uh experiencing other altered states yeah. non consensual yeah okay yeah
2: <laughs> here I go i found fa- <laughs> i found it here now i, mean,
4: you know.
2: I was it says uh, i was walking around boulder very late one night with two dear friends in college we were on LSD we saw elvis he was huge overweight and old sitting in a red lawn chair on a red porch that had a red light there was a red cooler next to him on the porch. He saw us looking and waved. I think we waved back before traveling on. So, <laughs> that's uh that I that I guess you could classify that as an Elvis sighting, folks. So pretty wild. So. Yep,
4: yep, Boulder, Colorado.
2: <laughs> well, he much somewhere yeah, that you didn't perfect. want people to know where he was. Makes sense. Yeah, we've got um, you
3: know, I how do I say we. It's hard to say, like, we don't really have, like, you know, little people, fairies, fae, um, but we have stories of, like, entities that sort of behave within that sort of realm of the phenomenon. Yeah. Um, And, you know, experiences that I might classify that way if I was – so there's this one. um, Let's see. This is from uh, Indiana, from Indianapolis, August 2018. And it says, uh, we were on the back porch watching the fireflies, and my partner nudged me and pointed into our neighbor's yard. We both saw the fireflies grouped into a tall humanoid shape, taller than a chest. And it it slowly walked across the lawn and stepped over the fence into our yard. We felt weird and unsettled by it and went inside before it got any closer. So so to me, that's like, okay, this is an entity that doesn't fit within, like, the normal paradigm that I might – uh, you know, yeah. no no UFO entity or, like, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or Ghost, you know. So I would – to me, that's like, well, this, this is, like, fairy or fae-related,
2: possibly. Yeah. But I don't know.
3: You know, I don't, I also don't want to make any judgment calls on it because
2: I, yeah, I don't know a but, damn thing. That's <laughs> definitely what you uh, – yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like that's kind of the things you're looking for is, like, the stuff that doesn't even fit. Um you know, it doesn't really fit the paradigm. Because, I mean, I, I guess it's cool if you've seen a Bigfoot, but if it's like, yeah, I was in the woods and a Bigfoot ran by, it's like, cause it's not, that's just a Bigfoot sighting. These are like a little more colorful uh, anecdotes. Have you, now you guys are up there in the Pacific Northwest. Have you ever had any uh, Bigfoot experiences?
1: Well, well Jeremy and Personally, I don't I to mean, camp, so. We're, all right. We're not big campers, so. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have not. I have not seen a Bigfoot. First of
3: all. All right. Yeah, I'm not a big camper either. either. No, I'm a gl- I'm a glamper. <laughs> if,
4: there's, if, I,
3: if there's not a chandelier in my yurt, then I'm not interested.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I, have, I have had a cryptid experience that's not on the map. Um, back in Florida, consider this an exclusive story. If you oh, want.
2: nice. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah.
3: So I haven't added it to the map yet. Um, I still want to at some point. I just haven't gotten around to it. But this is back in St. Augustine. Um, some friends and I in high school. Every weekend for you know mo- a lot of the school year, I think it was like our junior year, uh, we would go camping in these. Like it's basically like pine scrubs kind of um, up there because you know the, the ground is all sand, so pine trees do really well there and tall meadows and stuff. And so it was next to a uh, a, sub, a suburb, like a development, like a very standard, like grid layout. Houses all look the same suburb. And then there were these woods, and they were, there were plans to expand the suburb, that, that neighborhood, into, like it was their next phase or something. So yeah. all these woods were like crisscrossed with what would eventually be the roads. Um, they were just like clear-cut roads. So you're surrounded by the woods. But then you had, like, this grid of paths that you could walk into, and it still feel like being in the middle of nowhere um, out in Florida. And then there were also fire trails cut. So there were smaller um, – I don't know if anybody's ever seen, like, a fire trail that, you know, is when you're out in the woods. Like, it, it almost looks like an animal trail, but it was deliberately cut just to – if something caught fire, it wouldn't spread. Um, okay. And they do it in, like, North, North Florida, like, when they're in the dry season, they'll just go out and do it,
2: like, just in case.
3: So long and short is there was this giant, basically, like, grid forest playground where we just kind of went out and, like, we would camp there. We would, um, we would play Capture the Flag. We would just, like, run around and, you know, try to scare each other. And um, so it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, so one night we were camping there, and we decided we would play Capture the Flag. And there were, like, I don't know, ten of us there at the moment at that time. Yeah. So I was, I was on this uh, – I was on a team with two other guys, and we decided we wanted to be clever and take our flag and hide it, like, way out in the middle of, like, the, these trails where nobody would find it. You know, it's pitch black. Um, yeah, there were fireflies, you know. Um, so we, we found this – so we went around this corner, and we found this, this old sort of abandoned uh, truck and uh we we hit our flag in there and then we just sort of crouched down and we just like we're going to guard this and then you know if nobody's found us in like half an hour we're just going to go back to camp so as we're standing there we notice that there's this figure walking towards us and it was hard to make out you know pitch black black. so there's this figure walking towards us now we also had a friend one of our friends and he was in the, the rotc um and he was planning on going into the into the service and he would always like wear full camo, like with face paint and all everything, and like jump out at people, just like, yeah. as like gosh, you know. So um, yeah. his his nickname his nickname was Tree, because we'd be like, oh, it's Tree, you know. He was just hiding in the trees. So yeah. So we were sort of crouched down, looking this way, and we see this sort of shadowy figure coming towards us. And you know, one of us, one of my friends, is like, oh, that's that's got to be tree. Like he blends in way too well. That's got to be tree. He's he's like playing a prank on us or something. So then as the figure gets closer, we start realizing that, you know, our friend tree is like, I don't know, six, one, six, two. This thing was starting to look like it was getting like seven to eight feet tall. And it was starting and it started to, to get towards us as though, um, almost as though it had seen us and was like sneaking up on us. Yeah. And I can't remember who, who one of it who it was, but one of us is like, That's not tree. And as soon as one of us said, That's not tree, the figure bent down onto all fours and leapt like um like a mountain lion into the woods off the side of the train. Jesus. Just like oh so we
4: were freaking oh. out <laughs>
3: We were like, holy shit! Believe we were were like, what the fuck were you? Plus, it was like right on the way back to the camp. Like we had to, we had to walk by it to get back to camp. So yeah, we walked by and we were like, "Uh," you know, like, don't let it. We didn't look to the side or anything like that. And yeah, it's easy to say that there was like a feeling of like darkness or fear when you're in a situation like that because I mean you're scared shitless, right? So I'm not gonna say it was like supernatural fear that we were feeling, but um, it was close to it. It was like very sort of dark. So. We get back to the campsite and everybody else is there. So there's not a single person still off in the woods hiding their flags. And uh, we went in and we were just like, oh, we got we got to tell you, we just had the weirdest experience. And um, you know, one of the other guys was there. He's like, did you just hear all that screaming? And we were like, no, we we didn't hear any screaming. They're like, we came back to the camp because we heard this horrifying screaming. As Jesus. we wanted to come right back to the camp as soon as we could. So that was, that was it for the night for us. Like that was, we basically, um, just all stayed together, huddled around the fire and did not go to sleep that night and got out. And then there were a couple of other interesting things that happened in that area. Um, there was somebody who was parked nearby there who, uh, was out basically making out, uh, with his girlfriend, um, in the dark and something hit the, the hood of their car. And when they got out of the car, um, they they looked to see, and it looked as though some thing with very, very large claws had hit the hood of their car and then, like, bounced back off into the woods. Um Weird. And then there was another experience that a friend of ours had in that same place. They went back during the day to see if they could find any evidence of, you know, what was going on back there. And, you know, in the middle of nowhere, this is probably, you know, a good mile or two outside of the suburb, um, they just started hearing wind chimes.
4: Oh, creepy. Just like...
3: Strange, which, and then they, they both realized that they looked down and they were both they had both picked up big sticks and were holding them defensively without even realizing it. Um, so they, oh, they looked down. So
4: yeah, so that was, wow. a, that was a series
3: Jesus. of high strangeness uh, in in St. Augustine that I got to experience.
2: As wow, those are all wild. Holy shit! Now when the thing was coming towards you guys and you realized it was much bigger, did you notice any interesting smell? Because that's, like, what they all say. Oh, because Bigfoot smells. You know, it may not have been Bigfoot, but you know what I'm saying. Did you notice any out of the ordinary odor?
3: We didn't that night, but one of the nights that we went back, there was a definite odor.
2: So. Weird.
3: But, um, you know, with that in mind, this is also, like, primo skunk territory. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard to say. It really is hard to say. But that was, like, that was the one experience that I could definitely say. That was some kind of cryptid or cryptoid, or... But it, was, but it was also, like, high weirdness. It was more to it than just the, the creature,
2: you
3: know, wind chimes. Yeah, just, yeah.
2: Well, the jumping motion is very un-Bigfoot-like, too, so it's, like, sounds like at first it's like a Bigfoot, but then when it takes off, you almost think, like, uh, if they if they exist, like a do, like a dog man or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, something uh-huh. that can... Something that... I, I just don't... With all due respect to the Bigfoot. I, I just don't think that it can do sort of a jump like that. That's almost like a like a four legged animal jump. It's a very interesting. Right. Uh dynamic. Very weird. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You knew to hear oh, for the... first folks. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Wow. Very interesting. Um I'm like still thinking about that now. Uh <laughs> Well, I, I guess do you have any? I, I don't want to like keep like poking on the map here, but let me think about what kind of uh, what kind of interesting other. Do you have any other interesting sort of like time portal, time slip stories? Because those are always like uh, similarly uh, head scratcher of a story. Do you have any of those that stand out to you beyond the uh, root beer one? That's uh, particularly, um, you know, mind blowing.
3: Gary, do you have any off the top of your head that you can
1: think of? I can't think of any more. T- I'm trying to think of any of those kind. Yeah, I kind of put you on the spot. With I, was on, gonna, so. I, was, I was thinking uh, Holly's story. This is not a Time Slip one, but Holly's story, what she found in the in her backyard. It's a good one, Oh, I yeah. Think. That's New a story. great one, yeah.
4: I'm, I'm, and right, one thing, I i hear it.
1: I actually have to go. I'm so sorry. Um, I have... Family thing. um but okay. so I think that's a okay. Good one. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. All right. And, um, I, I should actually move
4: on, but Jeremy is going to be amazing. So, so sorry. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> this. All right, no worries, man. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I hope everything's okay. It's that dog, isn't it? It's the dog. It was the dog that it's the, the, the dog problems, man. isn't he? It's the
4: dog man. <laughs> yeah.
2: <Definitely. laughs> All right. You'll have to tell me sometime yeah. what I did to offend him now. Is he?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Actually, no, it's just, it's, you know, we're both dads, and, you know, he's got a six-year-old and I have an eight-year-old, and so sometimes we just need to step away. and.
2: All right. Well, dad. Garrett, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, man, and, uh, you know, be safe out there in Seattle.
1: Yeah, yeah, sorry. Thank you so much.
2: All right, no worries. Later, G. All right. Later, Garrett. All right um that was kind of weird yeah so I... <laughs> alright um yeah tell me tell me this story here uh of of the uh your friend's story there Holly
3: yeah sure sure I'll tell you that and then you know I'm, I'm also happy that there are a couple of time slip stories too that I can share but I think Garrett's, Garrett's right this story is really cool so Holly is one of our ambassadors she was one of our first ones um she's from Indiana and this is one of a, her personal experiences um So September 15th, 2016, she says, when we moved into the house, my husband swore up and down that the place was haunted. I worked full-time and he was a stay-at-home parent. He claimed he heard all kinds of weird pops, clicks, voices, and experienced things moving in the house while I was at work. After about uh, about a month after we moved in, my husband unearthed an old headstone in the backyard while doing some cleanup. It was badly worn and difficult to read. However, when we propped it up on the porch, the evening sun hit it just right so that we could read the words on it. It said, Robert C. Wright, August something 1914, February 5th 1917, at rest. Immediately, we were concerned that there was a child buried in our backyard, but some emails and phone calls made to the local historic society produced some death certificates that showed that the little boy was actually buried in an oddfellows cemetery about an hour away over the state line. I contacted the last living relative, now in her 80s, about it, and she had no idea why his stone was in our yard. The house was built by the husband of, literal, of little Robert's older sister, however. About a week after we found the stone, my husband very, hurt, very clearly heard a child shout, Help! Move! He was a bit shaken oh, up about it. We eventually returned Robert's stone to his cemetery, where his grave had remained unmarked next to his mother since his death. We hope this made him happy. Maybe this was the move the child
2: ghost shouted about. That's very weird. I wonder why that stone got moved like that. Yeah, no idea. And if
3: you go to the, the entry on the site, she actually sent in a couple of pictures.
2: So you can oh, see the, cool. the headstone. Um, you can actually see a family
3: portrait with a picture of the little Robert um, in the front row of the family portrait. So, haunted headstone, if anybody wants to search to see the pictures.
2: Interesting. Haunted headstone. Yeah, very creepy. That's a creepy one. Yeah. Um. Now, what were you say? He teased some time slip. I hope. I hope everything's all right with Garrett. I've never had anyone leave <laughs> leave in the middle of a show like that. So I hope everything yeah, yeah. is okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No. Everything. Everything's totally fine.
2: Yeah. All right. All <laughs> right. So, so you got some time slip stories you were telling me about?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I got some. Um... Some interesting ones actually a couple that um, were just submitted and uh, so the thing I, I should also mi- also mention about the categories um, is we let people select multiple categories
4: so oh, if,
3: yeah, you yeah. Have, if you have a UFO sighting and it, and it comes with you know the missing time then you know you could click UFOs and time distortion and it will show up when you search for either one and then if you go to the top of the site um, up in up in the toolbar at the top of the site, there's something that says Sightings with a drop-down menu, and you yeah. can actually sort the stories by their sighting type that way. So if you go to ah, Sightings right. and then Time Distortions, you'll get all the time distortions, all the all the stories that are tagged time distortions that are on the map. Right. So this one was tagged time distortion, and I, this one I thought it's a recent recent one, but it, like this one I think is like creepy. It's like it's like kind of love crafting or something. Like, It's called The Church in the Woods. And this is in Nova Scotia. It says, as a child, I would bike down to the beach a lot, usually with friends. As I got older, I'd go by myself further down the road just to get out of the house and be alone. It was around this time that I started biking by the church. It was old, dark, and almost completely hidden by the trees. But if I biked by at night, the windows would always be lit. One evening, I went out to bike, feeling angry and tired and frustrated, and I drove down the shore road. When I passed the church, I could see the door was open, and there was a figure standing there, completely silhouetted by the the light coming from within. I felt almost compelled to enter. I remember getting off my bike and started to walk up. The rest is a blur. I don't know if I entered the church, but I feel like if I had, I wouldn't be telling this story. I know I made it home before midnight, and I stopped biking down the shore road after that. Last year, I asked my mom about the church. She doesn't remember ever seeing it.
4: We gotta spread this stuff around! Let's put it on the internet!
2: You're listening to Banal of America Audio.
4: Great heavens! What kind of radio show is this?
2: Weird. Spooky. That, that one reminds me, yeah, that's interesting. A lot of these like weird places that pop up on the side of the road. I had a similar – not exactly, but somewhat of an. I had an interesting experience. I don't know if I've told this story on the show before, but I probably have. I mean, I've been doing this show for like 15 years, so I figure I must have. But uh, I used to be an overnight janitor, and at the time uh, – and, and people listening, they know I'm not religious, so it's not really uh, – there's a religious bent to this story, but um, I, I, I didn't read too much into it because I'm probably a fucking idiot. But anyway uh, – I was working the overnight, so I had a lot of time on my hands, um, and I was, like, really into reading at the time, so I'm like, you know what I'm going to do, uh, because I am stuck at this overnight job, I'm just going to read the Bible from cover to cover, just to say that I did, so it took me, like, three months to do, but I did it, um, and at one point, I was, like, out having a smoke, and I was, I don't even know where I was in the Bible at that point, but I was pretty into it, um, because it's a long-ass book, and, um, and I was like, oh, you know, it's weird. God all does all this shit to these people, and they can, you know, he's talking to them and doing stuff and, you know, intera- interacting with God and everything. And it sucks that that doesn't happen uh, nowadays. So thinking that to myself. So then I go in, going back to my little area in the high school where I was janitor, and uh, you got to walk up this long, like super long corridor hall, like uphill hall thing. Um, mm-hmm. And along the way, there are, like, hallways that break off on the side. And uh, so I get to almost to my area. Right as I get to the doorway to my area, there's a break-off hallway with an elevator at the end of it. And right when I get to in, at the end of that hallway, I look down at the elevator, Whoa. and the door just opens. Whoa. Um, yeah, and it was like an elevator you had to have a key to use. It was like in high school because it was like, you know, so the only people who could really use it were – kids who, uh, you know, uh, who were injured or handicapped or whatever, and they needed the way to get up and down the stairs. So, like, you know, they don't... Want this, you had to have a key, right? You know what I mean? Otherwise, every fucking idiot kid would be <laughs> riding up and down the elevator. So... So, but no, there was no key or any, you know, nobody had fucking... Uh, I had the key, because I was a janitor, obviously, so there was no reason why the door or any explanation for how the door would open. But... I just stood there, yeah. looked into the open elevator, and then waited for the door to close, and then went back to my thing. Because I was like, you know, it never dawned on me. I guess it didn't dawn on me at the time. I was just kind of spooked out. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, it's one of those things. Like, <laughs> if I if I were a time traveler, I'd be like, go into that fucking elevator. I'd go back in time and tell myself that. I always wondered yeah. what would happen if I went in that elevator. Like, you know, maybe it would have <laughs> opened up and I would have... I would have been like in the 70s or something. It would have, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> would, have, would have been who fucking awesome.
3: It could have been like the, uh, you know, the, the elevator in Willy Wonka. They were just waiting for the right person to come in, and you know, you, then you rocket up into the sky and you get to take over the factory.
2: Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> weird. I, I, I kick myself uh, about that when I tell this. Every time I tell the story, I think to myself like, oh, the story you know i should have just gone down and gone in the elevator like tried to figure out what the hell was going on but i was so bewildered and you know the only reason why i don't uh i the only reason why i mentioned the whole Bible and god thing is just because that was like that was literally like what i was thinking before it happened so it made it all the more strange you know what i mean it was like how come nothing <laughs> how, come, how come nothing weird ever happens and then right then something weird happens so you know yeah you, you know
3: what? you should submit that story to the map.
2: I'll do that I'll do that uh <laughs> after a, after the show I'll do that yeah it's a very yeah, uh yeah very weird story that's that's probably like the weirdest thing that's happened to me um, that is really God. weird yeah so we have, uh, go, no, ahead. go ahead no no but you I was go, gonna ahead, say, go ahead go you know
3: John Tenney submitted um you know an interesting possible time-slip story to us that he experienced.
2: Yeah. I'm, I,
3: I know how well, – I know everybody knows John Tenney. Um,
2: yeah, of course. But was on uh, a show earlier this summer, yeah.
3: Yeah, it was really he, – he talks about um, – he, he went to this diner. Uh, he was stuck in Decatur, Illinois, and he went to this diner uh, a couple of times because his um, his car was broken down. So he went into, you know, he just had to, stay, he was stuck in town and was staying in this hotel. So he went to this diner a couple of times and, you know, interacted with people and ate there and enjoyed it and decided to go for one last meal after his car was fixed. Uh, and the diner was gone. It was just not there at all.
2: Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. 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 It kind of connects to, like, this weird idea I have sometimes where it's like – I think it actually is a theory. I'm not the first person to think of it, but it's like, what if everything – like, what if everything – what if, like, everything that happened before you were born is just shit that you made up, like, before you were – before you came onto Earth, if you will. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody's just playing out <laughs> their own, their own story that they made up. So – in my world all the you know, all the shit happened beforehand, you know, or if, like maybe maybe in someone else's world there was no World War Two, it was a whole different
4: <laughs> thing,
2: you know, or, or <laughs> Vietnam didn't happen or, or something like that. It was like their whole this whole universe is like that where people can just try different uh different timelines and shit. I don't know. It was just a weird kind of idea I because it's like, Well, I wasn't there to see any of this stuff that happened, you know, like the Renaissance or whatever, so what if it's just uh what if it's just the backstory that I made up for this, this lifetime I'm going to experience. You know what I mean? Yes.
3: Modified multiverse
2: kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like a trippy sort of idea like that. So, but that's the kind of thing I think of with these time slips. It's like, well, you know, who knows you can, it kind of almost speaks to like that computer reality idea too, where it's just like, uh, how can these, how can these things just come up out of nowhere like that? Uh, unless it's unless the, right. the reality we're operating in isn't isn't exactly what we think it is.
3: Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And there's it's real. Um, and it kind of connects back to me to. Um, you know, what if some of those stories are shared? You know, maybe it's like maybe it's you you just like two or three people who are kind of living out their friends before they got here, and they're kind of yeah. writing a story to about it you know, as participants and.
4: Uh, yeah, that's kind of a cool idea,
3: and yeah, I can see I can see how uh, <clears throat> some of the the stories on the map. It would be cool to have like stories on the map that correlate, and you know, find out if there's anything similar between those people. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, like sense. I said before too. Yeah, about the full moon thing, it would be interesting. An examination of the times would be interesting too. Like what did
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely.
2: Like when did these things happen? Cuz I know mine was like in the middle of the night, so that's uh that kind of the, the witching hour uh that they say. Yep, so yeah. Knows. Um yeah, but I, mean, I should
3: say I'm really interested in stories that don't happen in the middle of the night too.
2: Right, right. Well, yeah, people, like, you. Know, that's of course. The
3: scary stuff happens, like the scary stuff that happens during the day can be like way scarier.
2: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cuz like that would be uh, when I hear that kind of thing, I think of like a men in black encounter or like an encounter with some kind of otherworldly person that you're like, I'm not sure if this is really uh you know, I'm not su- I'm not sure if this is really uh like a, a person or what. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I I had a yeah. I had. I don't even know. I don't think this is really paranormal or anything like that. But I did have an experience like that. I wouldn't submit this one to the map. But I I again, it's like religious. I don't know why it's coming up. But uh, I I used to have a shirt in college because I was like a smart ass that said uh had Jesus on it and said like Jesus is coming. Look busy. So oh, yeah. I was just wearing it, and this old man came up to me, and he started like loving the shirt, and was like, "Yes, Jesus, look busy, be busy." I'm, and like try, he's like said he was a reverend, and and <laughs> set his son on the bar down, downtown and shit. It was all very strange. It was just like I don't, I don't really think this, but part of me was like, was that an angel? Like, did I just encounter an <laughs> angel? Like, what the fuck happened just then? Like, who was that old man that just yeah. exhausted me and and just st- started heaping praise upon my Jesus shirt? So, yeah, yeah very yeah.
3: – You never know. You never know. I mean, it's a, actually, it kind of leads to – there's um, an interesting experience that both Garrett and I had together. So we were out there looking for – so there's this – if you Google, like, you know, 10 most haunted – Sites in Seattle, or, you know, sort of the silly, those listicles that people make, like
4: scary spots
3: in the Pacific Northwest. Occasionally, you'll come across this story of something called the Screaming Well. And the story is that there's this well on some property somewhere, and if you listen into it, you can hear the screams of people who have fallen in. And if you listen too closely, those screams will follow you home.
2: Oh, Jesus. The
3: problem is. The problem is, is that nobody, none of these sources say where the well is. Like, none of them at all say, here's the location of the well. So we want a couple of clues, though, um, as to a couple of areas it could be sort of in South Seattle. And uh, so, so we've gone out a couple of times trying to find, this is sort of like our great white whale for, like,
2: yeah. weird,
3: experience. we really want to find this freaking well.
2: Um, Your great white well. So,
3: our great white well, exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Although Garrett Garrett says he wouldn't listen into it, but I I totally would. I would be that guy. (laughs) I would, like, drop the, you know, Zoom recorder on a rope down into the well to see if I picked anything up. But so, I mean, we haven't found it, but we've gone out a couple times looking. And one time we decided to go out looking, um, and we brought our our kids, because both of our kids are into this stuff now because of us, which is their teachers, I'm sure, really appreciate. Um, But... Uh, we, we brought our kids and we, we went walking out in this place called the black river riparian area. Um, it's South of Seattle. It's basically, it's like a bird sanctuary, um, river sort of untouched land. Um, but we found all these weird structures that people had been building. We have no idea who they were just like these strange wooden structures that people had been making like bridges and, but they've been making them out of like found logs on the trail and stuff. So, and, yeah, it, was a
4: sort of, it was a very sort of,
3: it was a very sort of um, I wouldn't say creepy, but it was sort of a, a, like a paranormal walk kind of for us, because there was just all these strange things that were happening. So finally, yeah. uh, we decided to go home, and as we came out of the woods, we came to where I had parked on the outside of the woods, there was this guy, this very sort of nondescript guy, standing next to like a silver car, like a big silver car. And he was wearing these goggles, these weird goggles with, like, antenna sticking out of them.
4: Jesus. And,
3: and he was just sitting there, and he's got these weird – like, so, so he's looking – and, you know, Garrett says, and I totally agree, he was kind of like, a, like Doc Brown from Back to the
2: Future or something. Like, he had that sort of – Yeah, I'm thinking – yeah, yeah, like a, wacky, like a wacky scientist type. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. yeah.
3: And he looks over at us, and he goes, hey, guys, you want to go flying with me?
2: Holy shit. And we were like,
3: what? So he opens his trunk and he pulls out more, a couple of more sets of these goggles. And, he's got, and so uh. he's got this drone. And so he's got this drone. And we put the goggles on. And he's just got the goggles hooked up to the drone. So the drone is like flying around, you know, and we can right, see right. ourselves like flying. You know, it's sort it really cool experience. And, you know, right, we, we ended it and we were like, oh, that was really, you know, that was a lot of fun. And of course, the kids really loved it too. Um, yeah. You know, he's just, just this nice guy. Um, So then we go and and we're telling our friend Tim, you know, our third, our silent partner, and he goes, you guys, you realize what just happened, right? You came out of woods that are in this sort of liminal space. You're at a crossroads. You met a man who taught you the secret of flight. This is like classic, like witchcraft, UFO, like, strange experience that happened to us. Yeah. And so we were wondering, like, maybe this is, you know, he was in the right place at the right time for us to have had that experience. I mean, we're not necessarily saying he was, like, a UFO being or, uh, uh, uh you know, wizard or something like that. But no, he could have been
2: a tool in the whole thing, too.
3: Yeah, exactly. He could have been, you know, just sent there to say, like, oh, yeah, here's the message for you. You know, there is like strangeness going on here. This this space is an odd space. Um, you know, it's like it, it's right out of like Jacques Vallée. You know, the, the fairies have have taught you how to fly using flying machines, you know. Yeah. So
2: So so you so, partook in the goggles. Yeah. So you guys you guys tried on the goggles yeah. you did the Yeah, okay. Interesting.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean gosh yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're and he was a normal guys, dude, yeah.
2: right? He wasn't like he was. He was obviously like this story never because when he when he, <laughs> with the way you did his voice and how he's opening his trunk, I was like, that's why I was like, oh shit! I was afraid that like it sounds like Stranger with a Van. So it turned out he was a normal, uh, relatively normal <laughs> dude. He was he, he was a nice guy or whatever. You guys weren't like, get the fuck away from this guy, yeah. he's crazy. Wow, yeah, All he was right. so
3: interesting. Cool dude. You know, we talked to him. We talked to him a little bit about what we were doing um yeah it was just you know a cool situation and but now he's contributed to this story like this mythology we have right so like we've re-mythologized the landscape there and now know that place is like we met a man at the crossroads who taught us to fly
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i think that you know
3: your your jesus shirt guy like what if that was somebody who you know what if that was a similar case right because obviously yeah exactly and so it's part of your personal mythology
2: now, so yeah, that makes sense, yeah, you know, Well, I was thinking about it as you were talking about the structures and stuff. there's nothing I can't really I'm sure like i something else will come to you. I can't think of a more creepy location than like in the woods, there's just something about walking around <laughs> in the woods. it's like you're you're the interlo like you're the one out of place in the woods, like everything else is you know it's like when an animal comes into your backyard, but it's like instead you're in you're in some other. Whole ecosystem that you're the interloper in and and i, I always oh my gosh it's creepy, man it's just creepy, it's super quiet <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, I don't really um, go don't, with camping but yeah, what's that
4: yeah
3: well I, I love the woods in general um you know i'm not I'm not a big camper um but i also uh, my my personal uh, another one of my personal um uh i wouldn't say hobbies but because I do some of it professionally is Landscape design and teaching foraging for wild foods.
4: Oh, wow. So, you know,
3: I do do go out into the woods a lot. um, And it's kind of helped helped me understand, which I take to the map and I I know Garrett does as well, um, of the idea of what we're calling, like, um, this sort of paranormal ecosystem.
2: Yeah. How,
3: you know, you you go to a woods, you go to the woods and you're looking at a plant. Like, it's not just this plant sitting there, it's got, you know, mushrooms on the roots and it's got birds living in the branches and squirrels and you know the water comes into play and everything like that
0: right right and i
3: and i think that you know what we what what i think is that you know when you're out there in the woods like that if you come to that understanding you realize you're kind of a part of that system at that same time so like Ah, my presence my presence in that system can impact that system and vice versa like I could, I harvest wild greens and cook them and eat them at home. Like that is me participating in that system that produced those same greens.
4: Um, Right, Right. But like in the paranormal world,
3: like, so I think, you know, it's, if you have an experience, then you are participating in an entire ecosystem. It's not just that you saw a UFO, like you're actually part of a system of some kind. And I don't know exactly what that means or where we're going with that. Um, but it's just this fascinating idea to me that, you know, you can look at a jellyfish in each of its different life stages and it looks completely different. You know, it starts off as like this polyp that is attached to a rock and then it shoots off this, you know, sort of weird looking little disc floating thing, and then turns into the jellyfish that it looks like now. And, you know, it just continues in that cycle. Um, And so, you know, what if these paranormal things that we're seeing are different stages in some kind of cycle, that we just can't see because we aren't fully participating in it.
2: Yeah, or it could be—it it could very well be that it's like you're its an interactive thing. So it may not even be that this thing is evolving before your eyes, but like you're evolving, so you're seeing a different thing than if you're at a different place in your whatever your development. It might, you might—you might see uh, a ghost or a Bigfoot or a UFO or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like maybe it's something there too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Totally. Or if there's an area they, where people are seeing, you know, a ghost, and they've seen Bigfoot, and they've seen a UFO in the same area, maybe those three things that they're seeing are actually different forms of the same thing.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I like those stories too. Uh, I've heard them from people like, uh, they're like, you know, people like on a ghost hunt where they'll both look at something and they'll they'll see different things. You know, like yeah, one person yeah. will see like a, like an apparition, the other person will see like a you know like a mist or something, or or something completely. You know, they'll each see something unique and and clearly out of the ordinary. But then they talk to each other, and it's like, no, I didn't see that. I saw this, and it's like, what the hell's going on here, man? That doesn't make any sense. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's just really cool because then you get into phenomenology and you know perception and how our neurons are impacting different. Experiences that we're having, and I don't know. I don't. I don't come down on the on. I don't come down hard on on any of it as far as conclusions go. You know, I just like to yeah, the yeah. experience of
2: it all. <laughs> it's hard to really. Yeah, I feel like people try to. I'll throw sort of scenarios out there, like the guy on the, with the root beer, where it's like, oh well, maybe. I mean, that's the you know. I, I always try to come up with sort of a devil's advocate uh, argument, but then at the same time, it's I, I'm. I'm honest enough with myself, I guess, and with the audience, too, if, if it comes <laughs> up, where it's like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, if, if, if the explanation's flimsy, then it, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, you know what I mean? I'm not like someone who's like, he had to be dreaming, end of story. It's like, oh, well, that's right, one sure. scenario. It's like, it could have been this, could have been that, uh, you know? So, yeah, I try not to, people's, people's stories are, that's their experience, so, you know, you gotta take yeah. kind of their word for it.
3: Well, and then when it comes down to it, too, I mean, going with the, in the same direction,
4: you know, if we were to
3: discover that some of these strange stories weren't true, that they were made up, like we would probably keep them on the map because just by virtue of having told that story, you're creating, like, we know that these stories, like, so in all likelihood, you know, you're looking at a dichotomy. There's, it's either true or not. Like, one of those right. two things is probably the case. So what's interesting then instead for us is we know it's true or it's not true, but how does that impact you as the reader and as the person who had the experience? Like what are you going to right, do about exactly, it if it's yeah. true? What are you going to do about it if it's not true? I mean, that's, that's the question I think that's worth answering and worth being interested in too.
2: Yeah. Cause it could, it plants a seed for you to, you know, I think it, it's kind of like the idea, like, uh, that the more people hear about these things, the more likely they are to happen and stuff. So it's like even if even if the stuff isn't true, you know, even if, like – like, like even if they didn't – like, look like a completely random example. But, like, if a bunch of people think they saw a UFO and then the government's like, no, 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 it was this balloon or whatever, and it really was, right? We'll say it really was in this instance. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't stop, like, a bunch of people from – Having UFO sightings over the next few days that definitely aren't the fucking balloon. You know? So it's like once that idea enters the minds of people, uh, then it opens the door for them to see it. You know? It's kind of like, in a way, it's kind of like the shrimp thing. If like more people heard about the shrimp thing, then uh, maybe more people would see it. You know what I'm saying? So keep, keep, I hope they, I hope uh, Garrett keeps wearing the shrimp costume around because we
3: we want. (laughs) Well, so cool. <laughs> we go out tabling, you know, we go out tabling at events, and uh, he always wears the shrimp costume because, like, it's a great way to get people to come up and
4: talk to you.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, what, but you know what I mean? It's like, it? <laughs> it, it's like if you if you haven't heard, thought about it or heard about it or know about it, then it's uh, all of a sudden it enters your mind. It's like, oh, then maybe you will see a Bigfoot or something like that. Who knows?
3: Yeah, yeah, totally. Or even, you know, to to look at it from another way. Like, suppose, some you know, somebody says, oh, it's a UFO – um, and then, you know, the government says, no, it's a balloon and, and it does turn out it's a balloon, but maybe that entices more people to go out and look in that area. Right. And then they start seeing the, you know, the actual things because, because there's more people looking, you know, like they say, there's like people, there, people tend to, um, report UFOs more often, like in places where people take cigarette breaks is something. I oh heard. yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Cause they
3: happen to be outside. They're smoking a cigarette and they, you know, so.
2: I was distracted here because uh, Zach Copley just posted a link for the Subli- Society for Liminal Cartography t-shirt, uh, which is through you guys, I assume, or else I'm going to have to beat the shit out of Copley when I see him next. So that's your t-shirt, right? <laughs> yep. Okay. yep, that's right. one of them. You're safe, Copley. You're safe. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's like It's got like a crest on it with some antlers and a crow, it looks like. Uh, it's a really badass shirt. I might actually pick one of those up. So uh, Liminal yeah, yeah, dog Earth. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's it, well. Liminalmaps.com, Threadless.com is the, where you can get that. But yeah, it was really cool. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, I like what you guys are doing because it's 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 uh, these personal anecdotes. I think are are really important to trying to. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever really solve any of this, but they're mm-hmm. I think they're important. You know, to try and get a handle on what the hell we're dealing with here in a sense, like. To understand the strangeness, because for a long time, in the history of this, these fields and stuff, like they didn't want any of that stuff. So if you,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you know, e- even the like old UFO groups were like, they didn't want to know about who was in the uh, UFO or anything. And if you came in, and you were like, yeah, I saw a UFO, and there's a couple of little guys in it, and they're like, get the fuck out, get out, get out of our, right, get right. out of our NICAP <laughs> office right now. So, uh, <laughs> so now, now you know. Uh, I think there's a more in this modern era. There's more of an appreciation for the absurd, the absurdity of the of the phenomena, whatever it is. It's like mm-hmm. the, all these things are, have a have a real tinge of absurdity to it that you almost have to wonder. I don't know if, if it's intentional, but it's like a an integral characteristic of the phenomena or something like that. Right,
3: right. Uh, i got i got a, I
2: just pulled
3: up a good absurd story from the map for you if you want me to read it out here
4: yeah for sure
3: yeah yeah so let's check this out so this was uh submitted by icini s i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but this happened in uh saskatchewan oh yeah so uh so she says it's august 1999 this episode that happened to my me and my friend alice is really silly and weird makes no sense at all we were in the East Mall in Regina after most of the shops were closed and we're taking a shortcut to the parking lot. The mall was open till midnight. We were alone and there was a pharmacy we had to pass to leave the mall. It was closed and a kind of trellis security blind over the, the whole storefront, like uh, like old time elevators. There was a, a, there was a trellis security blind over the store, storefront like old time elevators.
1: Outside of this were a bubble
3: gum machine shaped like an elephant and about six feet away, another machine where you put in a coin, and the animatronic fortune teller would say something, and then you get your fortune on a card.
1: You know, like, Not that. like
3: big Dolphar, yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. As we were about to pass, the elephant machine lit up and said, "Ruth, I love you. I love you."
2: Oh Jesus! My
3: friend and I looked at e- my friend and I looked at each other and burst out laughing. Just as we were about to say something, the fortune teller animated and said, "Hello, Ruth." We laughed again and said, come on, whoever you are, we know you're there. However, when we looked around, there were no places where anyone could hide. We could see straight into the store, and the machines lit up, and in fact, were not plugged in. As the leads went into the store, and we could see that they were unplugged. We didn't know how fast to get out of there. We just couldn't believe such a bizarre and meaningless thing had happened. It made no sense at all. Next day, we went back to the store, and the machines were gone. I asked where the machines were and was given... Was given a vague answer about maintenance, maintenance, and that was that.
2: Wow, that's weird.
3: Yeah, I mean, none of them, neither of them were named Ruth.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering. Cause, like, yeah, you, I, I, I was listening to the story, and I'm like, wait a minute, was one of them named Ruth? I was trying to remember. Yeah, very weird. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. See, those are the strange ones where it's like, what? You can't even really put that into a category. Um, you know, uh. It's like, what is that? Very, very weird. Yeah. No. Like, haunted yeah. machines are just odd. Um, now, you don't have to, like, necessarily tell me a specific story. I feel bad. Like, I don't want to, like, keep I, – I, I'm trying to avoid being like, tell me a Bigfoot story. But I guess my question is, um, if you had to give sort of a range or a, just your general feeling, do you how, – how many of these stories would you say – are, do they usually fall on the side of, like, fun and cool? Or, like, I guess, how many you get that are just like, fucking, that was terrifying? Like, do you get a lot of, do you get a lot of, because I see there's a category for dark forces, and like I said, I don't mm-hmm. want to be like, tell me a dark forces story. I'm more interested sort of maybe in the idea of, like, how, how many of these, is it predominant, <laughs> is, it, is it frequent, or is it rare that you get a story where you're just genuinely like, OK, that that frightened me. I, I didn't I didn't that didn't give me a wry smile that left me uh, like afraid to f- fucking go to bed. Tonight.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd say um, in my estimation, I mean, it's almost like a bell curve, you know, like on the on the one end, we get like the sort of um, the on the lower end. We get this sort of whimsical, weird, silly, you know, like elephant machine uh, telling Ruth that loves her, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then, you know, at the, at the top of the crypt, most of the stories we get are – most of the stories are fairly um, – I don't want to say mundane because they're not mundane. They're, they're they're extraordinary. But most of them are fairly straightforward, like I saw a UFO. Um, yeah. I saw a straight shadowy figure. I saw a cryptid.
1: And then on the other
3: end, that's where you start getting into the, like, what the hell was that? This is, This is really weird and creepy. So – I say most of the stories we get are very much. Um, I saw bright lights in the sky. Um, I heard a strange voice in the hall, that kind of thing. So.
2: Yeah. Because like everybody yeah, wants to have one of these experiences, but then it's like there are also ones that are just like heart, like <laughs> like like terrifying, and uh, you know, it's like so be careful what you wish for, folks. You know. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah.
3: But, you know, we've also found when we're out tabling that, you know, we, we ask a lot of people, um, you know, what, you know, have you ever had any strange experiences? And, and like, nine times out of ten, the answer will be, oh, no, I've never had anything like that happen. Except this one thing did.
4: <laughs> right, right, so like, right, yeah.
3: They don't want to admit, like, dive in, you know, for, for whatever reason. Either they're embarrassed or, or worried that, you know, you're, you'll think they're, they're crazy or, or that they sound silly. Um, but we found that more people that we talk to have this kind of experience than not. Even if it's just something small. So
2: Yeah, I think the yeah, I think that's the case. Like, well it's kinda like with me because I never really if people ask me what I if anything ever strange happened to me, it's usually like I'm always just like, nah, nothing really that crazy except for this the Elevator Story I told you earlier. So it's like it's almost exactly how I sort of frame it, too. So I think people maybe, I, in a way, this is this is something that I hope the liminal dot earth can do. And kind of like what I was talking about, was sort of a raising awareness of the that there's, things aren't necessarily always under the same umbrella of like Bigfoot, UFO, or ghost. Uh, right. You know, I think people maybe it may not even necessarily be embarrassment, or it may just be like. They don't understand that what they experienced is not like like it's it's worthy. It's it's worthy of of being called paranormal yeah. just because it's like you can't explain it. Um, so the the funky the funky machines or the elevator or whatever, it's like that's all that all falls under the umbrella just because you didn't see a fucking Bigfoot doesn't mean your right. your story isn't exciting or anything.
3: Yeah, that's what we say. You know, one of the examples we always give people when they're like, "What kind of stories do you want?" Yeah, you know, we'll say we want, we 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 mostly get paranormal stories. The kind of things we really love to see are stuff like <laughs> I was walking I was walking down the street and I saw a dog wearing human shoes. Right. That's not you know exactly. nobody had that experience. But that would be like the thing like oh yes add that to the map. We have a you know we've had a couple where people have found mysterious out of place uh, like vegetables.
4: Yeah. Like somebody found
3: a head of lettuce once, and it was just – it was totally – out there's no reason it should have been there. Or, like, saltine crackers in their garden. Um, or, like, there's another one uh, from the U.K. recently where somebody – this has happened um, since COVID, so I imagine it's stuff what like somebody is doing to, to keep themselves occupied. Um, yeah. And a phantom – there's a phantom knitter. So it's this person in, who lives near these woods, and this person is knitting, uh, like, little mushrooms – and oh, wow.
4: like,
3: insects and logs, and you know, and, and they're like to scale, and then they're just putting them out there in the woods.
2: <laughs> that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, so have, you, that so that's, yeah. have you guys heard of this? Well, you got it's just it's uh, just you now, uh, Jeremy. But um, is it Jeremy? I, I fucking I'm an asshole. Is, is it Jeremy still, right?
3: It is, yeah. But okay. I'm happy to answer for Grace <laughs> since he's not here. You know, ask whatever. You, if, if there's
2: anything dark, which it is, that you'd like. To yeah, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just a loon, <laughs> dude. I'm not good at, I'm not good at these multi-guest episodes. I can't direct traffic very well. So, but anyway, uh, even even when the other guest leaves, it's still <laughs> it's still kind of a fucking nightmare. Um, the question I have is, have you heard about this thing? Um, I want to call it like Randonaut, um, something along those yes. lines. Where, okay, have you, you've heard of this? or people to give people an idea of what it is. It uh, seems like something Zach Copley's probably mixed up in, but you, it's an app. You put it in uh, on your phone. It's complicated. Uh, like, I didn't quite get it at first, and I ended up deleting it because I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. But, like, you have to put in certain characteristics of what you're looking for. I'm sure there's uh, information more on it. Um, and then it gives you – you have to, like – Put in, like, a, a radius, you know, so it's not going to send you to, like, the Grand Canyon. Um, you know, if you're like, all right, any, if anything within the next three miles. And it, like, somehow, through some way, gives you random GPS coordinates. Um, and you go there, and people say they've had weird experiences. or fu- Some kids found a dead body at one of the things that uh, the thing sent them to. So it's, like, it's a very strange thing. So I mean, have, you, have you looked at this at all? Have you thought about it at all? It's really weird.
3: Yeah, yeah. We actually um, – so we had been aware of it for, for quite a long time. Um, I just, probably originally when they first started developing the app, they actually had asked us if we wanted to um, participate, and we, we actually weren't able to at that time for various reasons. Um, so, but we, so, that, so we knew about it for a long time. And, and I should mention that um, the body that was found is actually two bodies inside of a suitcase. Oh, Jesus. And they were found – in my neighborhood here in Seattle.
2: Oh wow! I thought that yeah. happened in England. Oh wow! Holy shit!
3: Unless there's another one, maybe there's another one. I don't know, but this is definitely because they actually, I'm especially know this because just yesterday they finally found and arrested the guy who did it. Yeah, it had to it be that. Was, how, um, many,
2: how many bodies in suitcases? If, if they were finding more bodies, in... and <laughs> if they were like if it kept happening over and over again, yeah, that's Seattle yeah, beach. Right. Okay, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, that would be, <laughs> that'd be wild. So, all right, go on. Yeah, that's, that's wild. Yeah, so, and I guess
3: he was talking to the landlord, it was like a, they were his renters and it was like a, a, a property dispute. Um, so,
2: anyhow, he's, yeah.
3: he's in jail now. Um, yeah, so, so it's kind of, it's, it's fun. Um, you know, I think it's kind of hit or miss, but I think that's part of the, the appeal of it too. You know, you get the little thing on your phone and then you give it, you, you're supposed to like give it an intention of some kind,
2: um, yeah, that's the complicated like, so, part. I couldn't like, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, but but when we've done it, like we've done it a couple of times, and we never actually set it out to do, to, like with an intention. We were just like, like let's find out what can what can happen. So, R- right, interesting experience here. So, do you know, um, do you know Jim Perry, euphemet podcast? Same.
2: Nah, no, no, I don't know him. I might we probably have crossed yeah. paths or you know at some point, but no, I'm not, I'm not fans of them or anything or familiar with them. But but sorry, go on.
3: Yeah, no, no, so um, so Garrett and, and Jim are old friends for a long time ago, and uh, Jim was in town visiting, um, and he was doing a little bit, he, he did a show on, on Garrett recently um, that's actually really good, um, but we were all three hanging out, and there's this park in my neighborhood, and if you go back far enough along the park, there's this grove of cedar trees, um, and So the way that cedar trees work is is cedar trees actually contain natural um, fungicides um, and they're they're antibacterial. But that's why so many old um, trunks were made out of cedar because your clothes would be less likely to get moldy and and rot inside cedar. But what that means is when you're out in the woods and you see these giant cedar trees, there's nothing growing around them because they have no – like they don't allow the fungus to grow in. So it's just basically like – cedar needles and so the, the cedars out here are like majestic giant you know sacred trees like you look up at them and you're like wow this, these things are amazing yeah, yeah so in yeah. this park smack dab in, in the middle of this um this, this this cedar grove there is a legit fairy village so we choose not to not to discuss whether or not it's, like, people doing it or actual fairies. But underneath each tree, there are, like, little um, doors. There's, like, little doors that pe- somebody has created with, like, yeah. shells and jewels decorating them. Um, I'm pretty sure that's on the map. Let me see if that's uh, fairy village. Because I think I have some pictures of it there. Um, yeah, it's not
2: it's not, un- it's Ar- not, Ar- not entirely Park. unheard of, but yeah, it's very uh, cool. Park, I like yeah.
4: that. So it's not it's not, but but you know,
3: because you're in this this grove of trees, it's like this very mystical um, yeah. feeling. You know, like you just feel like holy and sacred, and you know, all these little houses are surrounding you. Um, right, right. So anyhow, we were we went, we went there to check it out. I was Like, come on, you guys are in the neighborhood. Let's go check this out. So we went we went and checked it out and. You know, we left some offerings and, you know, played some music. And finally, Garrick says, you know, I just downloaded this Randonauts thing. Let's give it a try. Um, so we said, okay, let's see what happens. So he puts in, you know, whatever he puts in. he asks for coordinates within the radius of this neighborhood. The location it generated was yeah. my house. Oh, wow. Like, the random location it chose was my house, the road out in front of my like exactly, the end of my
4: driveway
2: <laughs> that's weird, and it was his phone, really, so it really? wasn't even like some kind of uh glitch, you know, and necessarily in the map- you because know, like my phone seems somehow yeah. seems to know where I live, I don't know, I never told it, but right. it somehow fi- figured it out, but um <laughs> so so it's yeah <coughs> weird, that's interesting,
3: yeah,
2: that's very strange. Yeah, so we just. Said, uh,
3: I have my house must be the weirdest one in the area, I guess.
2: <laughs> That's very odd. And the to go back to the fairy village thing, um, it's it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in a way, where it's like uh, you don't want to go there, but I I will. Like even if people made the fucking little doors, um, like that can't be anything but a good thing, I think. As far as sort of right. um Conjuring the strange, if you will, it's like you're sending this message to whatever these these the other is that it's like I respect mm-hmm. you and I'm I'm building you a, you know I don't want to say like a shrine but something along those lines where it's like a
4: safe yeah a like
2: safe that. place where you'll be you know honored and respected or whatever and it's like how that's a good thing yeah. that's uh you know that may open up the area of strangeness
3: yeah and you know that whole area too um it's on the way out, you know because we're like, all right, let's 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 head out. Um, I've been to this park probably twenty five or thirty. it's like just one of my regular neighborhood parks. and it is you know it's pretty it's not it's not like a park with playgrounds and you know an open field. it's like an actual ravine with a trail and streams running through it and stuff. But I've walked every single trail of that park, not only because I think the ferry village is cool, but also because you know, I do the wild food, so I'm always out there walking along trails looking to see what's in season and, and harvestable for for eating. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. On, on this day, on the way out, I took the trail to get out, and we ended up on a completely different trail that spit us out somewhere in the neighborhood I had never been. Weird. So it's just like these stories of being, like, pixie-led, you know? Like people who go in they, they're they're interacting with the fairies and then the next thing they know they're they're confused about how to get back to where they they need to get back right.
2: to. Yeah, exactly. So that happened
3: that happened to us that day. It was pretty pretty amazing.
2: All through the uh and, well uh, yeah, the Randonaut didn't send you there, but that's uh, that ties into that. Yeah. That's very weird, the whole Randonaut thing. I don't I don't get it. It's creepy. Yeah, people, mm-hmm. like you said, it is hit or miss. It's kind of like a psychic in a sense, where it's like you only really hear about <laughs> the dead bodies and shit. Like you don't hear right. about <laughs> the person that yeah that just walked, you know, three miles and they just come upon some random suburban house and it's like. But who knows? You know, you go home, you look it up. Maybe it's like, oh, there was an axe murder at that house, like five, fifty years ago or whatever. So who knows? Right, right. Uh, sometimes you got to do that, do that little extra work, and then you find out that. uh what you're dealing with is is strange after all. Um, now I had another question for you here, but uh, then I got off on that random tangent, so I forgot <laughs> Oh, I know. Have uh the site's kinda like new, so it's probably hard to you know, if we were like in year fifteen you'd be able to kinda like how I said before, like other uh, times when it's busy well, times you know, but you uh, you're
3: you're choppy, I can't I can't hear you.
2: I don't know uh, if you or me. All right. had to be me. Uh, I walk around a lot when I'm uh <sighs> am I better now? Much better, yeah. Yeah, yeah, see. I I people always say they want me to like switch over uh to better stuff and it's like I pace around the fucking room, dude. I got to figure out how to, <laughs> how to be able to pace around the room before I can before I can get chained down to a microphone. Um anyway, uh now it, it would be easier to probably answer this question uh, if you had like a decade or whatever uh, to look back on in a sense. So it's, uh, you may not be able to really answer this or maybe you will, but uh, I guess the question is um, have you noticed any sort of change in reports you're getting? And I know sometimes a lot of them, it seems, aren't really contemporaneous. So it, it's even more difficult to question, but have you noticed any difference here with this pandemic? Cause part of me is like, well, people, because, you know, I work for Coast to Coast, and I write stories about uh, stuff that happens. So it's like, well, when everyone's right. stuck inside. Not, no, one's, uh, no one's out, you know, encountering Bigfoot even by accident, or um, they're not ghost hunting or any of that stuff. So, you know, they're not a Loch nothing. No one's seeing anything because they're not going anywhere. But, like I said, a lot of the stuff that you post is like people sharing older stories. But have you seen any, anything? Have you noticed any difference?
3: You know, to be perfectly honest, I haven't.
2: Yeah, it's kind
3: of why. It's, hard, it's so hard to say, too, because, you know, I think we because of the pandemic, we've actually been a little more, like, we've had more inside time to be on social media and talking to people. And so yeah. I think our, our submissions have been increasing, like, a little bit because of that, because people are also inside and finally have the time to, like, write out their experience and, and send it in. That um, makes sense, but yeah. beyond that, yeah, beyond that, we we really haven't um, seen any 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 notable. I would say um, what'll be interesting though would be in like six months from now to see if people are reporting like while during the pandemic this this shit was happening to me, this was going on. Yeah.
2: Now. Yeah. The thing I've heard a lot is that like people, a lot of people have like crazy dreams. So, but that's kind of to be yeah. expected. So, you know, I'm just like hmm. yeah. I, I don't necessarily – yeah. I mean, scientists would just be like, well, you're really stressed. So – and we are all stressed. So it's like, well, that would probably make sense. But be that as it may, people are having lots of fucking crazy dreams. But otherwise, it's like if you can't leave the house, um, you know. Uh,
4: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, it will be interesting to see, like, in six months. Well, I think a lot of people will eventually – they're kind of bursting at the seams to get out anyway, so once once it's sort of like... Right, yeah. I think this is completely off the topic, but I was thinking this the other day, where it's like, you know... Well, if depending on how 2020 shakes out, let's put it that way, <laughs> um, you know, we could see in the coming years sort of like this, uh, for lack of a better term, like a roaring 20s. Like if we can turn, you know, if, this, if everyone, if we can get over this virus and shit and everyone's sort of like... Celebratory, people will be traveling all over the place. You know, maybe things will turn around. Maybe it won't be some terrible uh, depression, but we'll see.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That would that would be that would be great. You know, one of our one of our um, you're back to your Atlas obscura um, comments is one of our eventual goals for for the site. Here is, you know, we want to have enough entries so that if you are going to like, I'm going to Austin next week for a conference. I'm going to check out the Liminal Earth Map and see like what kind of crazy shit people have been reporting from Austin. Yeah. And we wanna have we wanna have that but we wanna have that for every city in in like the world. You know? I don't know. That'll take a lot and probably you know, a decade, but um that's why we wanna try and encourage people to submit and to, to join the ambassador program to represent that that's one of the coolest things because we have such cool people. Um, you know, there's Kiki and we had mentioned Holly and then um I think you know AT Strange.
2: Oh um, yeah, he's a good friend, you know. yeah.
3: Yeah, he's he's our he's our Massachusetts ambassador. So, you know, we we, we have this, like, super team of people around the the, the paranormal uh, U.S. Um, And a couple, you know, we've we've got a really great one in uh, the U.K. Um, We've had people applying who haven't actually officially signed on yet, but in, like, Puerto Rico. Um, You know, so anyhow, the the idea that, like, people are just kind of joining to help look into what's cool and interesting about their areas um, and share it with us. So that eventually we can we can go out and, and share it with them.
2: Yeah. You got to get somebody. Uh, Sarah Streetfield. She's my friend in Australia. She should uh, try and get some Australian stories because uh, there's always something weird going on down in Australia. It's wild down there.
3: Yeah, yeah. We've got a couple. We actually just got one about a couple of like a dwarf yowies or something like that.
4: <laughs>
2: one yeah. of the most recent stories. I think they're called the Junjide, but uh, Sarah would know. Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. that. A little dwarf, a dwarf yaoi is called a junjiti. Um That's, oh, that's why cool. I asked about creatures. I have an affinity for, like, uh, we have them around here. They're called puck wudgies. And that's kind of, the right. name's kind of been applied to them, mm-hmm. like, na- nationwide now. It's kind of stuck in a way. Uh, but they're all kind of like the same, these little, you know, like an Ewokie-looking thing. Uh, they're right. all, they get reported all over the place. It's really, people don't talk about it much, but it's pretty wild.
3: Yeah, we've got um, out here, particularly in eastern Washington, we've got um, what are called, what have been traditionally called stick Indians.
2: Yeah.
3: that's uh, an interesting thing to Google if anybody's ever uh, interested in looking at in stick Indians. So they're similar. Like, it's like, you know, little people. And uh, yeah. Yeah, the natives in the area have been, have had stories about them, of course, for, you know, thousands and thousands of years. Um, but, yeah, but again, they, like, they don't, they don't get talked about. Like, you can't just ask somebody about them. Um, but there's some cool stories out there online about stick Indians that are worth checking out if you're interested. Yeah.
2: What your map reminds me of in a way is uh, is uh, now I'm not like I'm not a big Reddit fan, but I do there are some areas I do like and there's one called Let's Not Meet, and it's just like all these uh-huh. stories about people having creepy encounters and it's like oh shit these people should send their <laughs> send these stories to like you guys because. Uh, they're, they're similar in that way, where it's like, I was out camping, and this, you know, this strange person came through, and then, you know, then they vanished, or what? like, really weird, creepy ones, so, yeah, it reminds me of that, yeah. and we want people who are listening, but all America listeners, to share their stories with uh, Liminal.Earth, how did you, that, that, I can't believe that's a domain, .Earth.
3: Uh, we couldn't either, we were trying to figure out what to change it to, because, you know, it was just com and we were just domain shopping and it was like Liminal Earth. That's perfect. And just snagged it up, you know. And I think it was like four bucks or something like that. Because who else would have, would have picked that domain name? <laughs> so yeah, it it's
2: crazy. It. Yeah, it's an awesome. It's an awesome uh, domain name. People should. <laughs> everybody should. Everyone in the paranormal should switch to .dot earth so we have a, a secret domain that we can, <laughs> we can use. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but yeah, it's cool, and yeah. So people listening should uh, head on over to liminal.earth and submit your story and get in there and look at look at stuff around you because uh, you know it's it's I'm like just scrolling through and it's like every every time I swipe on this little map here, like there's a little icon you can just you can spend all night looking at these stories. Um, uh, you know, I got one here called Dark Lobo Canyon. Another one here is uh, Portals. Portalis Church of the Hidden Cove. And they're long. They're nice long write ups. So Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, people should uh should definitely check it out. And so that's kinda what you guys are doing now, right? Just sort of uh trying to get more people to submit stories and, and, and grow grow the map, if you will.
3: Exactly. Yeah, we're trying to get the word out more. Like we want to do um yeah, you know, we we wanna do more shows, we wanna, you know, try and get, you know regular lots with with people if we can. We want to do like lectures and you know events and things like that. You know we are we were of course just like everybody else. Right before uh, the pandemic hit, we were about to do this big push. Um, our idea was to because you know one of the things we're doing we have done a tabling at a couple events just locally around here. Um, yeah. And you know we we table at like paranormal themed events and of course every single person there has some sort of paranormal story that they want to share to you. Well what we oh, want yeah. to do is we want to go we want to go to the half empty mall in like a small town in Kansas and set up oh, a yeah. table with Garrett dressed like a shrimp and see what <laughs> we can get
2: there. <laughs> That's a great idea. Or, yeah.
3: Or like, you know, get a trailer and drive it around and see if we can collect it thing. You know, obviously of course just as as just as with everything else in the in the, this realm, um, the the biggest issue is how do you how do you pay for it all?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yourself, yeah. You know, so yeah, that's the that's the hard part. Yeah. Well, I think they do that with like the hunting Bigfoot in a way. I think um I think it's the hunting Bigfoot. One of those Bigfoot shows. Like they come. Like if they're gonna do a show in some town, first they come in like I don't know, maybe six weeks ahead of time or whatever, and like they hold like a town hall, and like anybody in the town who wants to come and share their Bigfoot story with the TV show can. And then they, I think that's how they figure out who to who to follow around or whose property to check out when they come and film the show. So and I imagine yeah, yeah. they get tons of crazy stories.
3: Yeah, probably so. And that's what it's, we want to see. But but then. It's, it's the same thing because yeah, those it. guys are Bigfoot, so they're probably going to get people who are interested in Bigfoot. Um, but we're, we're, we just want it, we want it all. We want, you know, dogs wearing shoes. Or
2: <laughs> I got a suggestion. I'll, I'll have ai have a suggestion for the street team now. So, uh, If you have like a graphic designer, Kenny's a great graphic designer. Um, have someone like conjure up a little, uh, like a flyer that people can print out at home. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they can kind of like slap the flyers around. Uh, I think you, because I, I had there was a girl, I, I had thought of this idea, and then a, a, a college student, a woman, um, she had this idea. She, I guess, she kind of had a similar idea, um, and she like went all out with it and sort of printed up these like crypted hotline posters, and like put them all over Chicago, and oh, got yeah, like. Yeah. With a with a phone number and like people would call her and leave uh, messages and shit with their with their cryptid sightings and stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah, we actually um, we we've, we've been in, in touch with her about it. She was in our, our one of our newsletters a ways back. We interviewed her about her project.
4: that, oh, was, that nice. was really
3: cool. Yeah, we have some you know pamphlets and flyers and stuff in the works. Um, that's a great idea to have it printable from the the website. But like our guy in the UK, um, he mm-hmm. designed his own. Template, and so what we're working on now is trying to tweak it so it's a little more universal.
4: Because for yeah. him it was
3: specific to that point. Um But yeah, you know, I, I, that would be that, that's a that's a great idea. We could even put up like a um, like a QR code on it or something.
0: Yeah, so just,
3: yeah. Take a picture, it'll take you take you right to the site. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. That's a great but idea. See, you're way more technically advanced than me. I never would even. I was thinking like the old thing where you. <laughs> you take you know, you put it up and then you have the scissors and you cut the little strips off. That's how <laughs> that's how holy school uh, I am.
4: Uh,
3: cut off the strips and each strip has a QR
2: code. <laughs> there you go. Uh well we we've lost the live audience. We're still taping here, uh so just give me a moment here to say thank you to Info six seven four Jim Vujovic, Sasquara it's my buddy Sarah Streetfield down in Australia and Zach Coppels Copley. Uh, who had all those lawyerly questions earlier that scared Garrett off uh so thanks to those guys in the chat room um and uh thanks to all the people who listened live so yeah we'll we'll uh we'll direct the people over to liminal earth that's the website. I really like what you guys are doing. I feel like it's uh yeah i i we'll definitely have you back on the show hopefully i I really do I hope that that, that was something with Garrett that was not. Not uh, not uh, of my doing because it takes me a little while to sort of get up to get up to all uh, get up to uh, you know what's that elevation on the show. So sometimes we we start off <laughs> no, it, a little bumpy.
3: I'm I'm sure that yeah uh, you know, mainly was the fact that he had to like help help put his son to bed.
4: So
2: yeah, Definitely I thought maybe not. like he's, I, he's got, you know. maybe he thought it was an hour long instead of two, but I didn't know. Uh, we'll we'll say that so. Um, but yeah yeah i definitely uh i'll definitely have you guys back on the show as the collection you know accumulates this could be like an annual thing i think where we kind of go over uh some of the weirdest stories you've had and uh you know any experiences you've you've had uh out there in the world once we can get out there in the world right
3: yeah yeah no kidding yeah
2: that would be that be that would be great all right well uh I thank you very much for coming on the show. I'm going to uh, wrap it up now with the with the folks listening at home. And, uh, yeah, be well, enjoy the rest of your summer, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for coming on the show. All
4: right, that
3: sounds great. Yeah, thank you so much for having us, giving us a chance. And uh, hopefully we'll see some submissions from your listeners on Earth. <laughs>
2: yes, absolutely. I encourage all of them to go on there and, and uh, submit their stuff. So I want to, I want to hear about a wave right. of people who listened to this show tonight and then went and uh, – posted their stuff up, make, the uh, you know, represent an all nation. All right, Jeremy. Yeah. thank you very much, brother.
4: All right, thank you, sir.
2: Have a good night. You too. All right, folks, there you go. That was Jeremy Puma. Uh, and earlier we had, uh, Garrett Kelly on, uh, from liminal.earth. Really, it is an awesome website. I could have spent all night, uh, digging through the stories, but, uh, I didn't want to, like, I felt kind of bad because I kept throwing them out there. We're like, do you have any ghost stories? So I didn't want to <laughs> keep doing that. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I could listen to those stories, like, all the time. And next time when we have them on the show, I'll, I don't know, we'll work together and pick some out ahead of time or something like that. But I wanted, I like the spontaneity of, uh, of the first time shows. Uh, yeah. So that's about it. Let me see what else we got going on. Uh, Liminal.Earth, again, is the website and uh yeah, they're on twitter also so let me see what how you'd find them there well i guess it's yeah, pretty obvious liminal earth so at liminal earth on twitter and liminal.earth uh is the website and for real i was serious i want folks to uh to submit stories to them if they got them i'll submit the one i had about the elevator because uh i've told that story a few times i don't know if i told it if i've told it on the show before somebody uh somebody let me know and uh yeah, I don't know what I'll do about it, but nothing. Anyway, <laughs> it's been another long day, my friends. Um, next week on the program, we're coming near the end here. Uh, I wanted to mention that, so we're we're nearing the end of uh, we're, we're nearing the end of the summer, and in turn, you know, that obviously means we're near the end of the summer of strangeness. Um, and true to form, for the way I run things, I haven't actually put too much thought into. Uh, how we're going to stick the landing on this so stay tuned but we definitely have a guest for next week and that is Allison Jornlin and she's done a lot of research into the the Michigan Mothman stories, the Chicago Mothman stories um, and she's also a uh, founder of American Ghost Walks which is in uh, Milwaukee so and uh, yeah she's very uh She's very well-researched, and a lot of people uh, speak very highly of her in the paranormal community. I haven't had the chance to talk to her yet, so, uh, but a lot of my friends are big fans of hers, and I think Lauren mentioned her work uh, on the Chicago Mothman stuff uh, when we had him on at the very start of uh, the Summer of Strangeness. So I'm going to dig into her work, and we'll have her on the show, and we'll find out about what she's researched and get into some ghost stuff which we don't do enough of, so we're going to do more of that. Um, yeah, we'll get into that and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So, you know, Allison Jornlin, next week on Banal of America. Uh, yeah, what is that, August 28th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 9 to 11, the usual time, I'll be here. And uh, after that, I don't know, the weekend after that is uh, Labor Day, and that's traditionally the end of uh, summer. So we'll see if that means uh, that's the end of the summer of strangeness or if we'll drag it out to <laughs> to to the real end of summer, which is, I don't know what, like September 20th or something. I'd rather not do that. So uh, there's a good chance we'll, we'll uh, wrap things up on Labor Day weekend or the weekend after. Since we started the weekend after Memorial Day, maybe we'll end the weekend after Labor Day. But either way, uh, we're winding down that and uh, – then in later in september we're going to do another show uh so you can look forward to that we're going to have uh the guys from the strange realities conference on um Adam Sane and Sir Phil uh Jesus I'm really losing my mind folks I think it's Sir Phil Stevenson I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Sir Phil um but anyway Adam and Sir Feel will be on from conspiracy normal and we'll talk about uh about the Strange Realities Conference, which is going to be an online uh, adventure, which we talked about when Kiki was on. Ironically, so this all connects to uh, the, the Kiki episode. Uh, it's an online conference. It's the end of September, the last weekend in September. I'll be presenting, uh, and for the banal of America, uh, actually, I shouldn't announce this till it's for sure. But I was going to say something, but I won't now. So I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they'll be on at the end of September, and, uh, you know, then we'll probably kick off the an holiday season. So if we go away at the end of the summer, it'll only be for, like, two or three weeks, and then another couple of weeks, and uh, then we'll come back with another wave of stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of the state of the show as it stands right now uh, here going into the end of August. So with all that said... Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Until next time, this is Tim and all saying, have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. Good night.